0: Wake up, wake up, wake up. San Francisco, Bay Area. Welcome to 49ers. Wake up. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger. Cheers. Uh, we are in Hanukkah. So I'll say L'heim. Uh, Hopefully everybody is having a really good morning. And if you're a 49er fan, why wouldn't you be? Larry, that's five in a row. That is now a 10-3 record tied with the Cowboys and Eagles for the best record in the NFC. And guess who would be the one seed if the entire year ended today, which it does not, which which means we got plenty to talk about, but a whole bunch of chunk plays and a whole bunch of yards put up yesterday by the 49ers in a win over the Seahawks that might have been a little closer on the scoreboard than some imagined. But, Larry, the
1: 49ers were in control of that game throughout. Good morning to everybody. Good morning, Damon. Good morning, uh, audience. Lots of people fired up for the show. I was out at Levi's yesterday, people left and right, talking about 49er wake up, saying, I love that show that you do with Damon in the mornings. On Mondays, it's not just Mondays, it's Mondays, it's Fridays, it's any day after the 49ers play, and who knows, maybe tomorrow or soon, it will be every day.
0: Wouldn't that be an amazing announcement to make in early 2024? Oh, my goodness. By the way, Larry, since we're kind of patting each other on the back with all the compliments we got, I was at the Guardsman Tree Lot. A ton of people told me they are watching. They love this show. This is an oasis for Niner fans in in a desert full of that's not good enough. We're officially standing out. And let me just golf clap. Our first member of the 30,000 club, Larry Krueger, 30,000 subscriptions. I love it, Larry. Absolutely love it.
1: Man, uh, you know, I feel like I'm the lead blocker here. You know, I'm the lead blocker (laughs) clearing the way. But, yeah, we we (laughs) crested the 30,000 hill. The goal was to get there by the Super Bowl. We got there. Um, well before, now we're headed towards 40,000. We're almost at 30,500. So thank you to everybody, all the audience members, because as Fitz used to say, without you guys, we are simply talking to ourselves. Um, but I just wanted to say, man, the 49ers this morning, as we're sitting here at 839 on the 11th of December of 2023, the road to, the, to Vegas and the Super Bowl officially goes through Levi's Stadium, and your 49ers are the Super Bowl favorite. Let that thing sink in. Everybody who's been waiting, in fact, everybody in there, any, anybody who's 25 years old or younger who's a Niner fan has never seen what I've seen, what you've seen, what others have seen, which is the Niners on top. Um, it may happen this year. The road to the 6th Lombardi right now goes through Levi Stadium and your Niners are the favorite, and I can taste it. I can see us sitting there in Vegas, and uh, and it's what happened yesterday was amazing. The Niners get a win. The Cowboys beat the Eagles, um, and it really sets up for the perfect scenario, Damon. Because not only did the Niners um, pass the Eagles, the Bears your your Bears as a kid beat beat the Detroit Lions at Cold Soldier Field. Um, and then because Geno sat out, he's probably going to play next week rested at home in Seattle against the Eagles. And now that game is a got to have it game for Seattle. So now Seattle's at home against an Eagle team that's reeling with a rested quarterback needing to win. And if the Seahawks can get that done next Sunday, the Niners could not even need to run the table. They could lose on Christmas to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and still be the number one seed in the NFC. So uh, as long as they ran the table in the other games. So um, great and incredible December 10th. And uh, we're happy to be here on December 11th to talk about it.
0: Look, it uh, it was a convincing win. It was a reaffirming win. It was a handle your business win. All at the same time, in a very businesslike afternoon, there were some gaudy numbers put up all around by this offense. It was a bend, don't break defense. When Chavarius Ward went out of the game, Larry, it really opened up a path to, as you and I discussed, you know, DK Metcalf has takeover a game ability. He didn't take over the game, though. As a matter of fact, he had even less production. Against backups than he did Chavarius Ward early on in that game. And it was, it just showed you that this team is getting better in its secondary. They're playing together as a unit. Um, and and look, Drew Locke might have actually given the 49ers a little bit more to think about than Geno did back on Thanksgiving. Drew Locke played a damn good game for a guy thrown into that situation kind of last minute. Um, you got to tip your cap to the Seahawks. That's a good football team having a weird kind of year, and they're really good at making football games weird. And there was a little weird in this game too, but when it was said and done, You know, just the facts are where we like to begin each and every 49ers wake up, Larry. And the facts are that the 49ers have now swept the season series against the Seahawks and back to back seasons for the very first time in franchise history. As a matter of fact, they've won five consecutive games against the Seahawks. If you want to include the playoff wildcard game of last year and in this current little run, the 49ers have now won five in a row. And they have 11 consecutive regular season wins against NFC West opponents, which is the most consecutive division wins by any NFC West team since 2002. So the Niners really have risen to be the cream in the crop of their division. Um, And it's not, look, it's a division that might not be what it was just a, a couple of years ago, but you saw the Rams give the Baltimore Ravens an awful lot to think about in Baltimore yesterday. That game had to go to overtime. And I think you're right. The Seahawks are going to have a pair of brass knuckles waiting for an Eagles team that I'm not going to say has been exposed, Larry, but the 49ers basically showed the NFL how you can get off on that defense. And that's just finding mismatches in a linebacking crew and in a secondary that doesn't run as fast as a lot of NFL teams do. The Eagles are a little slow. They're a little slow defensively, especially right now. So. It is set up to be an incredibly interesting ending of this season for the 49ers, but they've got business coming up again, another NFC West opponent, an actual trap game. I didn't think the Seahawks were the maybe trap game is laying for them, but I also think Larry Shanahan and company have just got it dialed in right now. They're not going to let another team's reputation affect the way they prepare for a football game. And that's coaching. It really is, and that's a team that's playing with an awful lot of confidence, and why wouldn't the 49ers be playing with a ton of confidence right now?
1: It was an incredible uh, all-around offensive performance. You know, the, the Niners spread the ball around to their weapons. McCaffrey had a big day. Debo looks like Debo, vintage Debo. Brandon Ayuk's having his career year. George Kittle had a touchdown in which he was held. Um, you know, and then Brock Purdy, and then what can you say about Brock Purdy? He threw for a career high, 368 yards, another strong performance, cementing his case as the MVP of the NFL. I mean, really very impressive. I totally agree with your assessment, by the way, of Drew Locke. He completed 71% of his passes. He made some amazing throws. Guy's got a really good arm. But just two things that really stood out on offense. One, man, the Niners have, once again, vintage Debo Samuel. The same Debo Damon that we saw uh, two years ago in 2021. He was incredible that year. He had 77 catches, over 1,400 yards. He was an all-pro wide receiver. Wasn't great in 2022. Came into camp out of shape um, and didn't play as well. Uh, you know, had an off-season contract dispute and the whole deal. Um, this year, he showed up in camp in incredible shape. And over the past four weeks, 63 yards, 79 yards, 116 yards, 149 yards, uh, and recording six touchdowns over that that same stretch. So he, you're looking at vintage Debo. And then Brock Purdy did not have a great start um, to the game yesterday. He started three for six for 44 yards and a pick. And he didn't look all that comfortable. And then suddenly, they're down 10-7, Damon. And Purdy, then from that point on, completed 76% of his passes for 322 yards and two touchdowns. Impressive movement in the pocket and deep throws to Debo and Iuke. Um, And just the ball placement with Purdy was outstanding all, all game. On offense, Damon, Debo and Purdy, Really, to me, stood out. They did.
0: Trent Williams stood out in this game to me, too. And we'll get yeah. to him a little bit later. But to just focus on Brock's afternoon again, 70.4 completion percentage it's his seventh straight game with a completion percentage of 70 or better which is the longest streak of games by any niner quarterback since joe montana in 1989 he's also just the fourth quarterback in nfl history to register a completion percentage of 70 or higher in seven consecutive games that's joe drew Brees, and sam bradford at the peak of his bonus baby prowess um Bird, uh, Purdy now has 12 games in his first two seasons with a passer rating of 110 or more, which ties hall of fame, Miami dolphins quarterback, Dan Marino for the third most such games in a player's first two seasons in NFL history. So Purdy is going bonkers out there. And what's really, I think impressive. I wouldn't even call it a great day for Brock. It was just a day for Brock where he was getting aggressive. He hit a few big, deep throws. But it was, you know, when we talk about the great games that he's played this year, I don't even know if I'm going to bring up the Seattle game. He played really well, but it wasn't one of those like, oh, my God, afternoons. It was a it was a day of feast or famine, and he spent most of his day feasting on some big chunk plays. And so did McCaffrey. Um, But it wasn't one of those like I wasn't as I was watching the game, I thought. Yeah, he's playing well, but it wasn't until the box score opened up where I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize he was playing that well this afternoon. So when you can almost make it look easy in real time, that's when you enter the conversation of you're a very special player. The special players in this league make it look easy. And it's just really coming easy for Brock. And considering where he is in his career, not even through his second full season, it's incredible, Larry. I mean, he is taken to this league in a way that really, in my lifetime, it's a small handful of guys. And it's rare that they're quarterbacks. You know, you see a corner step into the NFL and just be a badass. You see a running back step into the NFL. Sometimes a wide receiver does it. Um, An offensive or defensive lineman will do it every now and then. But to be a quarterback that looks like a polished, finished product so early in a career beyond, forget about the starting point. Like if Brock Purdy had been the number one overall pick in the draft, he's still playing above that expectations. I mean, it's the truth. If it's he amazing. had been the number one overall, he is outperforming the expectations that would have come with that. Not only, Larry, do the 49ers have their quarterback, like for sure. Here's your quarterback, folks. You were looking, you were looking, you were looking, you were the page. No matter what page you landed on, you'll always look for another page. You can stop looking for the next chapter. This is your quarterback. He's right here and he's not just like a good middle of the pack acceptable on game day Jimmy Garoppolo, we can win with him, you know, type of quarterback. This guy's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. There's nothing to debate there anymore. He's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. He's got the numbers. And, oh, by the way, Brock Purdy wakes up this morning with the second most passing yards in the NFL, one of the rare categories that he was, you know, about seventh in when he's number one everywhere else. Uh, So today he is second in the NFL in passing.
1: (laughs) This one, this chat makes me laugh. Steven Saunders, Larry told Colton McKivitz it's bird hunting season, and he took that personally. (laughs) Yeah, the Niners have gone incredible and gotten hot in this bird crazy uh, run they've got. Um, You know, all I will say about Brock Purdy is that it makes me laugh. I was thinking last night as I'm driving home, how many people were like, yeah, well, wait until he, you know, going into that second matchup with the Seahawks. Yeah, well, here's a team that wait until they see him a second time around. See, they got him, they saw him the first time and he snuck up on them. He's now beaten them four in a row. He essentially is to the Seahawks what Russell Wilson was to the 49ers. He is officially Seahawk kryptonite. And that's why Dave Softy-Mahler, when he hears people complaining about Brock Purdy, is like, what? Because he would dream of having a Brock Purdy. But yeah, right now the 49ers have their guy. They have their guy. And to me, If you really think about if you go on to crystallize, what is what is what's so special about Brock Purdy that we're getting all excited about other than the results and the wins? And like if just from a clinical standpoint, watching him play, is there anything that you can point to and say, wow, that's really special? And I would say it's the combination, Damon, of quiet feet and quick feet. He's got quiet feet in the pocket in that he's not afraid of the rush. How many times did you see Jimmy Garoppolo's feet? Pitter-patter, 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 pitter-patter. You know what I mean? So that's what we call loud feet. Quiet feet. You're just standing there the way Tom Brady does or did, the way that Aaron Rodgers did. You know, where you've got that, where your, your feet are, you're not worried. But right. then he also has quick feet so he can move within the pocket, which I thought he did expertly yesterday especially on a couple of those where I'm watching it on the binoculars and the left, you know, the right side of the line is giving pressure. And instead of, you know, hitting that, you know, escape hatch and just sprinting out of there, he just subtly moves to his left create, you know, keeping his eyes posted down the field the entire time, and then delivers a strike down the field to one of the the bevy of his, uh, you know, one of his bevy of weapons. And it's just, that's a really hard thing to do. Either you have quick feet, you're young and you're fast, and you got quickness, but you also are kind of helter skelter, or you're like that veteran who's got quiet feet, but you don't have quickness and you can't really move around. This guy's got the quickness within the pocket, quick feet, and then quiet feet. Yeah. and I just think right now it's you're. Wa- I'm watching it and I'm like, is this for real? Like I thought this guy was pretty good. And I said it, but I didn't see that quite the upside that we're seeing right now. And I'm just sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. And then you go in the locker room after the game, Damon, and you talk to his teammates and they're not shocked. They're not surprised. Damon, it's gotten to a point where they expect it. They expect this kid to play this way every week.
0: Well, I've already said we're almost in Brock Purdy 2.0 because now he's playing with a level of expectations attached to him, and he's been doing that since the bye week, and he's more than delivered in almost every single game where it was asked, all right, can he step up to meet this moment? He's more than met just about every moment that's been in front of him. I mean, even during the three-game losing streak, there's an argument to be made that he did not play that poorly in those games, but I don't even want to go back that far. We're talking about what just happened Sunday against Seattle, You talk about footwork, and you're right. He has shown up in this league with a veteran's level of footwork and just fundamental footwork. His coaches, going back to his high school coaches, his Iowa State coaches, Brian Greasy, I don't know who deserves all the credit, but they built this guy from the ground up. They really did. He's got great footwork. I'm going to go to the other side of the player's body, though, Larry. I'm going to say it's his eyes. This guy's eyes are always downfield. you gonna pull.
2: Uh... You know he Reds got beautiful eyes. I, I told Chris Weber, you- you've got beautiful eyes.
1: That's my Ralph.
2: Have you ever made eye contact with Cal Ripken Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. You'll question question yourself. Don't do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, his eyes, they're always downfield. They're never on the pressure. They're never on the play that's in front of them. They're always on his progressions and his targets. And Larry, it's the CPU. You know, what makes a computer go? It's that processing unit. And he goes through the field and through his reads and through his progressions like a 10-year NFL veteran. He really, truly does And beyond that, I want to keep on coming back to something that Steve Young has always talked about, a catchable football. Forget about arm strength and talent. Does he throw a catchable ball? My God, does this guy put it in the breadbasket when he needs to. That throw to Debo, Debo even had to like get on his giddy-up to get underneath it. Purdy put that out so perfectly. The only place that any player could make a play is if Debo gets it into fourth gear here. And just, I mean, I don't know if you've had breakfast, but Jamal Adams is serving toast today. He got burnt <laughs> on that one. Uh, seriously, um, they... They were efficient enough when they had the ball where they made up for their inefficiencies. We talked about what's the one way the Seattle can be in this game. Well, with some turnovers. Even that interception that he threw to IUK, they were talking about it, and I'm sure it'll be talked about, and you'll ask about it when you get down to uh, 49ers facility this week. You know, did did Purdy make a bad throw, or did Iuk run the wrong route? And they were even discussing it. Greg Olson was saying, look, Purdy has made this pass all year long and i just think Ayuk might have been in the wrong place and love came up with the very nice interception love had a pretty good game he really did oh
1: um, pretty good game that julian love my really, god okay interception go force fumble big hits the yeah. julian love i mean my god what a free agent signing the former golden domer was huge I absolutely know huge. i
0: mean that 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 Jamal Adams is supposed to be the star and he's the other guy. I'd yeah. say you might have that the other oh, way around, just based on yesterday,
1: Julian love had himself the game of his life. I mean, or that's a great, great player. Um, you know, he was with the New York giants and they stole him in free agency this year. No, you're, I, I was watching the, Iuke, uh, the Purdy to Iuke throw. And I thought I, hesitated for a half step on the route and, and may have kind of ended his route a little early. Brock led him a little too much. I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong because i I didn't go back and with the fine tooth comb uh, late last night on this particular play. I watched the game again, but I think I might have dozed in this in the middle of this play. Did Ayuk tip that ball, Damon? He did. It went off his fingertips. He, yeah, he, he, okay, he that's broke. what I thought in real time, but other people said, no, no, it wasn't tipped. And I'm like, yeah, no, he tipped that ball. So you know, it was a combination where I felt like Ayuk didn't finish the route. And then he got himself leaning and he reached for it. It tipped off his fingers and then it fell right into the arms of the defender. So, I mean that that, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, especially if you're Brock and you put it out there, you know, um, I, you talk to a quarterback, any quarterback about his receivers, Damon. And if they're paying them, paying those receivers a compliment, they'll say, he'll go get it for you, man. He'll go get it for you. And what they mean is oftentimes in the NFL, quarterbacks throw to spots right? and receivers just have to get to that spot. And Brock, Brock is as good as anybody is just dotting those spot throws and just putting it on that spot. And I think in this particular situation, if we had them both sitting here, I bet you Brandon would say, I didn't get to my spot.
0: There was an awful lot of my bad in his body language. Well, yeah. Know,
1: on he, the sideline,
0: close up on the sideline. You could just yeah. see, you know, Ayuk was a little, you could tell he thought that it was on him. And one of the reasons why Purdy is a huge leader in this locker room so early in his career is he would never, ever put that on Brandon Ayuk. He'd tell you that he needed to make a better throw. And making better throws is really what he did all afternoon. Again, Larry, back to just the facts. 527 total yards on the day. It's the most yards in a single game this season by the team. And the most yards that the Niners have registered since 2019 when Jimmy Garoppolo won that shootout in New Orleans against Blue Breeze. Uh, Debo had a monster game. Uh, He had 116 yards, two receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown last week against Philadelphia. 149 receiving yards, a touchdown, catching and rushing again this week. It makes Debo Samuel the second player in NFL history, Larry to register a hundred and more receiving yards and one or more receiving touchdowns and one or more rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games since Timmy Brown, not that one, a much older Timmy Brown, who played for the Eagles back in the 1960s,
1: not touchdown, Timmy,
0: not that Timmy Brown, not our Timmy Brown, their Timmy Brown. Um, The 49ers offense averaged 9.9 yards per play. It's the team's highest average yards per play in a single game since 2012. Therefore, Larry, that's the most yards per play in the Kyle Shanahan era. What we saw yesterday is one of the best, I I won't even say it's the scheme he drew up, it's the execution of the scheme he drew up. And when the the big play was there, Purdy hit it, and then he hit it again, and then he hit it again, and then when he didn't hit it, it was it was it was christian mccaffrey who's got a 7-yard run followed by an 11-yard run followed by a 3-yard run followed by a 22-yard run i mean he just j- chunk plays everywhere you looked all afternoon plays were either going for eh, you know 2 or 3 yards or they were all in that 7 to 28-yard range i mean it was just it was an afternoon where the middle of the field seemed open The sideline seemed open and look, Witherspoon goes out and that changes what Seattle wants to do an awful lot. He's a really talented young corner. So you saw the 49ers take advantage of the situation that an injury gave them while Seattle was unable to take advantage of that injury to the point of scoring like they wanted to. But again, Drew Locke was impressive and I thought that both um, Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker got forgotten in that game. Like Pete Carroll just decided rushing on first and second down has become predictable. So he stopped kind of doing it. And that's when I think the Seahawks really lost in this game. There was a point early on, Larry, where they had a fourth and two. You know what I'm talking about? A yeah. Fourth and two in the third quarter. And it was one of those, you really going to climb back into this game or not Pete and Pete punted. And that's when I thought the Seahawks blinked for the first time all day. That's when, that's when they blinked for the very first time. And again, I guess you're going to, try to get as long of a field to defend as you can when a team's going 9.9 yards per play on you.
1: How, I mean, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. And they came out. Was that the one where they call, where they came out like they were going to run the play and then called the timeout and punted? Yes. Yeah, they gave, they gave a whole yeah. bunch of eye candy looking for a, a jump snap, and it didn't happen. And Fred Warner just talked so much trash to them. You could see it. It was like, you know, why don't you go for it? He's like leaning across the line of scrimmage. I don't know exactly what he said there. I'll tell you what was extra impressive about this win. The Seahawks came in rested and motivated and hungry, and it was personal because the Niners were just two weeks ago in their place on national TV, they might have slapping them around. Niners. They outhit the Niners yesterday. They were throwing some lumber around Levi stadium. And, what, and I was talking to, I think it was Aaron Banks in the locker room. I'm like, man, how hard is it to beat a team twice in three weeks? And he's like, yeah. It's hard because, you know, they've got that resolve. They got the taste of the loss in their mouth. But, I mean, also they had the rest advantage. And, you know, I asked Banks, I said, what is the rest advantage real or is it contrived? Is it a media uh, talking point or is it real? And he's like, no, man, it's real. I mean, it's like when when you had that extra rest, three extra days, especially now it's December and they've been playing since July, and their bodies are so sore, that extra three days. He's like, man, it's hard to get out of the rack some Mondays. And so think about three extra days of preparation. It's not just mental preparation and mental detail, but it's physical rest and rehab. Um, and, he, and, they, and Seattle, Damon, at the beginning of this game, looked fresher. They looked quicker. They looked they looked spry. They looked really good. Um, and still, the 49ers were able to overcome that rest disadvantage, the motivational disadvantage, not having their defensive captain in Eric Armstead, um, who's you know a huge factor in what they do defensively. Let's credit Javon Kinlaw, by the way. Big J.K. stepped up with a huge effort. His motor was churning. He made plays. Uh, he made plays against the run. He was hustling. He had, I think, he had another half sack or a sack. Um it did have a you know, happy
0: sack, and he he played a really good game. He was collapsing he pockets well. all day. He wasn't yeah. just occupying blocks. He was collapsing pockets on Drew Locke, and that's what made Locke uncomfortable. Now, it wasn't the big sack total that they had the first time they played. They had six the first time they played Seattle. Right? Drew Locke, again, gets credit for having a pretty goddamn good afternoon when it's all said and done. I thought it was maybe, and I don't know if this is Steve Wilk's credit or Chris Kasurik's credit. Maybe you can dig into the way that they decided – to use nick bosa because it was the most versatile nick bosa i think we've seen all year larry he was standing up over the center he was playing stand-up nose tackle in some of these plays he was uh they got not creative only, on d they got creative yeah, on I that mean, front he they really did they 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 used bosa to make up for the eric armstead absence and i thought that uh Cleveland farrell also responded well to oh, not opportunity.
1: he was, was big yeah.
0: He had a sack and gave the uh Eric Armstead yummy yummy in my tummy celebration. So, <laughs> right, right. uh, you know, you got guys playing hard for their 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 brother who couldn't go that day. And look, there's just a, a feeling of team. And then you saw the scrum at the end of the game, right? Yeah, everybody got their squabbles and DK Metcalf and 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 Fred Warner got involved. And then Lenore comes right in and serves up a two piece.
1: Oh, it's think like, it was hey man, right. we can't beat him, let's fight him. Yeah, you know that, that yeah. was the Seattle thought right there. Oh, wait a second! And i, I kept yelling from uh, from you know from the press box to Greenlaw, go down, just go down. You know, <laughs> you could just go down, <laughs> dude. Everyone in San Francisco was basically down! go down, just go down. You've made the play, go down, go down. Uh, did you notice the 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 new NASCAR front? They went with no Eric Armstead, with Hargrave banged up with the uh, hammy. Well, actually, before even Hargrave went down with the hammy, um, Kosarek went to his all-4, you know, 3D end alignment. Yeah. And I asked Chase Young about it. I said, Chase, when you guys were, you know, in, at Columbus, did you and you and Nick ever rush off the same side at the same time? And he's like, no, man, we we didn't get that much run down there because he had the core injury. Uh, the year that we were together, right. He's like, but, but, um, I, I said to him, I'm like, man, that three D end, let's get all of our pass rushers on the field alignment, which had Randy Gregory and Bosa on the edges, chase young and Hargrave inside the Niners essentially took their four best pass rushers and put them on one line. And chase was like, we either got home or almost got home almost every time we went to that alignment. Hey. Welcome home
0: to 49ers Wake Up. If you're new here, if the algorithm brought you to us today, fantastic. If it's radio memories that brought you to us today, that's fantastic. If you're one of Larry's 30,000 subscribers that found me through him, I thank you very, very much, Larry. I've had an awful lot of people tell me in my channel's growth over the last few weeks, I Found you with Krug, and I'm so glad that I did. It's two of my favorite sports phone hosts
1: officially together now. Future and blowing uh, up, Damon, Damon's got more subs in the last ten days than any anybody I've ever come across. I mean, I mean, you be honest, you've, you thought I was, you thought I was cheating. I mean, I, I seriously, I I called him the other day. I said, bro, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do this. If you're buying all these subs, man, that ain't good. No. Uh, but I'm convinced that he obviously is not, and it's just natural, organic growth. But Damon's grown by almost four thousand subs in like ten days, and it's great to see. And it's and and you know we're cr- crested the thirty thousand uh, mountain, and and we go from there. And maybe someday we'll get to forty and fifty and sixty and seventy and and that kind of thing. But um, it's I think there's an awful lot of people that are looking at their. They're viewing and listening options and saying, "Wait a second, I can, I can, I can, uh, I can follow these guys on YouTube. I can have YouTube in the car. I don't have to be locked into, old, you know, old school AM radio anymore." Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna branch out, and uh, YouTube, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're. It's about time we put this little website on the map. It really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really welcome, uh, YouTube.
1: Google. You're welcome. Um, Look at this no. chat. Kyle McKiernan. Brock Purdy is the new Steph Curry in the Bay area. Welcome it with open arms and let's go on a 10 plus year 49er run. Wouldn't hey. that be in some, wouldn't that be something?
0: All I can tell you is that Brock Purdy is tracking to a level that only the very best quarterbacks of all time have ever played at. I mean, and, and I get, that's not hyperbole. That's not my opinion. I, you, no. I think technically we're out of the Just the Facts segment to open the show here Larry but I, I am not over exaggerating when I say that Brock Purdy has a level of mathematically statistically tracked prune production that mirrors the best of the best future Hall of Fame quarterbacks and their most elite MVP worthy seasons. You know, he's he's Aaron Rodgers at peak Aaron Rodgers. He's Marino at peak Dan Marino. He's doing things that John Elway never did. He's doing things. He's doing
2: things that Steve young didn't. And Steve
1: Young, for God's sake, he's doing things that Steve Young didn't do until he was thirty-two years old. Right, and he's right. twenty-three. You know, I mean, I, I've been saying he's the best quarterback since best Niner quarterback since Steve Young. And a couple people came up to me in the last week or in the chats have gone, he's the best good Niner quarterback since Joe. my good friend, Dan coach Emilio in the post game last night said at the same stage in their career, he's better than Joe. And I said, you know, of course we all call Dan a moron and, and rip Dan and Dan's an idiot. And the the chat, Dan, you're high Dan, Dan, you know, but I know what Dan was saying. He was saying
0: 20 starts of Joe Montana's career. Look at the numbers in Purdy's career. And one's a lot better than the
1: others. Right. Right. And it's not, we're not saying he's better than Joe, everybody. You know, that's going to, somebody's going to go, you know, I was losing to morning wake up with Damon and Larry. They're saying he's better than Joe Montana. I mean, come on, pump, pump the brakes, you morons. No, I, we get it. We get it. Joe's Joe. And there's only one Joe, but all Dan's point was, was just that that's how precocious this young kid is. That's how ahead of the game he is. Um, I I was shouting this guy out as a very good future quarterback last summer before his rookie year, um, because I actually went up to him and met him in camp and started talking to him. And I started realizing this guy's got exactly what, I mean, I've interviewed Drew Brees and I've interviewed Russell Wilson and I've interviewed Tom Brady. And it's like, this guy's got what those guys got, which is he's smart. He's humble but he's got that chip on his shoulder. He's got this. I'll prove you wrong. He's, he's got that mental maturity that Alex Smith had, but he's got that chip that Brady carried. He's got the, you know, that I me mean, literally Damon, when I talk to Brock in the locker room, he calls me, sir. And every time he does, I I look around. Right. Where's, think, where's your dad? Like you No, mean, Mr. Kruger's no longer with us anymore. Let's just call me Larry. I mean, seriously, I mean, he's that, he's that, respectful, normal, you know, and then of course, you know, I'm 53 now. So he probably, I am one of his elders and he's, he's respectful of his elders, but I mean, come on. Um, the guy is hard to believe. It's too good to be true. They found this You're guy 53? and then all, all what's that. I didn't know you, you, know you were. I, thought you were I, I honestly thought you were like 51. You, you no, know, like a seriously, day I over got two and, 50 and a half. You'd you really don't. Kidding me? Are you kidding me. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, but you know, oh, I'm, Hey, I'll hey, be 54 I'm January I'm, 12th. If everybody wants to send me a gift. Uh, feel free uh you know you know don't i'll accept gifts from everybody When's, um, when's when is it is january your, is the 12th so like almost 54 i 1970 play. january 12th 1970 when's birthday. the super bowl it's, it's probably a week before that i think it's the 8th okay. or 7th All
0: right. like say, you, is your birthday on the super bowl cuz oh
1: my well they keep pushing the super bowl back so who knows maybe it is this year right, the super bowl is going to be
0: played in march at some point <laughs>
1: Yeah. Welcome to Super Bowl Sunday and make sure you buy your fireworks, everybody. Happy spring, Uh, everyone. Welcome (laughs) to the Super Bowl. it's like the NBA finals are, you know, we're going to be August 10th. Um, But yeah, no, it's like it's it's amazing what the Niners have fallen into. And I know there are an awful lot of there were an awful lot of people that were just like, you know, Trey never got his chance. And I and I totally understood that. But when the when you fall, when you stumble on this kind of a player, and you, you, you realize, you know, Hey, it's not just, this isn't just a, you know, a, a one shot wonder or, Hey, he's got a good start, but wait until the league adjusts. And, and you realize everything about this kid is real and there's not going to be a, an adjustment. He's just going to get better. Um, and, and all the people in the off season this year are like, well, he can't get any better. Why? Because you, you're rooting for the other guy and you don't want him to get better. What 22 right. year old quarterback doesn't get better? You know, I mean? it's like, uh, yeah, he's going to get better. And where he is right now, guess what, folks? He's going to get even better. So, I mean, what
0: does that look like? What does yeah. the actual five year NFL veteran Brock Purdy look like? I can't wait to see what that looks like. I'm trying to stay in the moment. I want to enjoy the moment. I don't want to do any projection broadcasting this morning or talking about, you know, someone, someone last night was like, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or Dak Prescott won the MVP last night. I'm like, well, actually no one won the MVP last night. They're not giving that away yet. So like, let's, let's be in the moment a little bit more than trying to just project where it could all go. What they got coming up is a game against the Arizona Cardinals. And that is a handle your business set up designed to be a trap game. If there ever was one for a team, that's got great aspirations and it's up to Kyle to sell this team on the fact to stay focused. And I don't think he's going to have to sell it hard. I mean, good teams run and police themselves. They really do throughout history.
1: Um, and-, and, it, and your leadership comes from your best players. And yeah. how do your are they workmanlike? I talked to Charlie Warner. You can check that interview out on YouTube I'm um, on the Krug show page. And I said, Charlie, you know, um, another catch for Warner. He's done yeah, something another catch he, a few weeks
0: saw- where, where, where Kyle's thinking like, I got to get him a ball. I got to get him a ball.
1: And I asked him, I, you know about the focus and you know looking too far ahead and that kind of thing. And he's like, he's like, look around. And he looks around the room. He's like, guys are just putting their helmets on. Guys are just putting their pads on. We're going out to practice. We're just taking it day by day. We're gonna, we're we're simply in. And Fred Warner told me three weeks ago in an interview, he said, he goes, you know, we're not we're not thinking, you know, three weeks ahead. We're not thinking one game ahead. We're staying in the present, play by play, next play next play, next play, next play. And eventually we'll get there. But we're not looking down the road. We're not planning ahead. We're not reading our press clippings. And we're not we're not going to put the cart before the horse. I mean, you know what's great about this Niner team is they've learned in this season a very valuable lesson. The world was kissing their ass. They were on top of the world. They smoked the Cowboys in a big national TV game. And they lost three in a row. And all of a sudden they went from Man, we may not lose. We may run the table. To we may not make the playoffs. What's going to happen here? Are we ever going to win again? And that was a valuable lesson. A valuable lesson. And there's been a focus since the bye week, Damon, that um, is really, really impressive. You know, it's a fo- it's the focus of let's just take it one at a time. And this week it's the it's the Seahawks, and next week it's the Cardinals. We'll get to the Ravens when we get to them. We'll get to the playoffs when we get to it. And they're not looking too far down that road. And I think that's the healthy approach. I think it is, too. And look, we also will
0: tell you right now,
1: nothing about that game was perfect.
0: The way that the 49ers ended that first half, had they had they lost that game? Larry, we're crucifying Kyle Shanahan. I, I need you to tell me what the hell he wasn't doing there at the end of that half where he went to the locker room, declined a 10 second runoff. Um, No accepted a 10 second runoff excuse me to have less time declined to take uh, a timeout when he had three remaining with the team the Seahawks running plays from inside their own five yard line a short field is all but guaranteed and Kyle is cool. Sitting on a less than impressive lead just going into the locker room. Now, I don't know if not getting wanted, the ball back in the third either. Yeah. I don't know if he wanted to adjust some protections, if he was worried about the pressure that was coming to Moody right up the front or the gut. I, don't, I like, I, someone needs to ask Kyle, you know, like, hey, you won the game. And when you win the game, you don't need to make many apologies, but that's more than like, like not being a good clock manager. He, absolutely abdicated a possession. He He took his foot off the gas pedal there. I don't want a possession at the end of the half, which is an odd choice for any coach to make, especially on a day where you're hitting chunk plays and things are working. Like I didn't get that at all. That's there are two things I didn't like in the game. Number one, the end of the half, which did not haunt the Niners at all. And number two, it's officially time to get Debo Samuel off kick return. He is too important. He cannot be lost on a play that can be made by anyone else. I mean, take the touchback, for fuck's sake. Don't – Debo got smacked at the 15-yard line. And he just doesn't – does not need to expose himself to the single most violent play on the field. Uh, He's too important. Give it to Ronnie Bell. Give it to Ray Ray when he's ready to come on back. Give it to Jordan Mason.
1: Ray, 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 Ray Ray may not be coming back. Oh, Ray, 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 was Ray Ray was put Ray. on the IR. Okay. Well, so there's a chance that Ray Ray's done. Um, and, well, and Ronnie Bell makes me nervous. I got, Ronnie, I got to a little
0: nervous too. He got, by the way, he slipped on that uh, Mitch Wisnowski. I told you there was a fake punt coming. There's another thing I need you to find out for me this week. Larry, did, did Mitch Wisnowski call the code red himself based on that alignment? Or was that a actual practiced punt fake? And if it was, that's one of the greatest. Everyone on this team is selling the fake punt fakes of all time. He looked like he even caught the Niners off guard. That's how well designed of a fake that was. If that was called in from the sideline, I don't know if the uh, I don't know if he just went full on code red himself. I
1: I, I you got to find out for me. Kyle Shanahan has been the Niners head coach since 2017. He has never called a fake, fake punt. No. Ever. And he didn't call the one last night either, according to Kyle. I think it was a Schneider call, the veteran special teams coach. And by the way, if they ever look for that, they, if they, uh, you know, they don't have Ray Ray and they, they don't activate Danny gray. And they're looking for that guy who can run off the coverage. Maybe it's Wishnowski. put him <laughs> out there. I mean, he ain't Wishnowski was cooking, man. I mean, it wasn't just a first down that he was running for. That guy, that guy's got big speed. And it's funny. I asked him last week. I was asking him a question about the game and he's like, you know, I don't know anything about football. <laughs>
2: I'm like, You're
1: a football player. He's like, yeah, but you know, honestly, I don't know anything about football. Uh, he just does what he does, but he's a, he's a true specialist. But yeah, no, I mean, the speed on that was incredible, and then you know, know, the, you the offsetting
0: football. That's by the way, that's the most refreshing honest player quote, yeah. maybe of the NFL season right there. Like the only time I run that fast is when the pierogies are ready. like, I mean, the, that's the only way that could have been better.
1: Um, I thinking about taking that quote and putting it as part of my intro. I don't know anything about football. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it would just be a great intro to the show, but so, yeah, uh, again, I, I didn't he, like he, the I that. That was incredible. I mean, it was, it was, I was mean, sitting there and I was pounding the table. I'm like, damn, the offsetting penalties, and offsetting, you know, obviously it just means they're gonna play the down over. And I'm like, try it again. Try it again. No, and then of course they're not gonna try it again. The element of surprise is is gone there. But that was that was great to see. It was great to see. And it was also one of those things where, you know, you put that on film. Now every single team has to take time absolutely. to absolutely they could run a fake. They've done it, guys. They they could run a fake and more more make your opponent use more of their time.
0: Well, and it, it also it also just tells everyone you can't line up like that because Mitch is hunting his next big career play since that one unfortunately got wiped out. Uh Ronnie Bell looked like he slipped by the way. I mean it's still a it's still a chop block, but he slipped more than he erred in in the in the mistake that was the penalty. Um I want to read uh I got over 500 people in the room here Larry. What do you got? 1591 That's what I'm talking about, baby. So together, we have 2,000 live viewers watching this show right now. 88 Esquire says the viewers here are all being treated to the most substantial fact-driven and entertaining post-game sports show originating in the San Francisco Bay Area or on any media platform. Kudos to Damon and Larry. 88 Esquire, thank you very, very much. That is the goal of what we're doing here. We ask everyone, especially if you are new to the room, hit like, hit subscribe, whether you be in Larry's room or in my room, it doesn't matter. We're sharing it all together. And hit like and subscribe. This thing is officially growing. And again, when football season is over, maybe this is the new morning show that the Bay Area officially needs. Who knows? I've never been much of a
1: morning guy, Larry, but these. Damn kids (laughs) got me up like the rooster. Oh, you kid. My wife would love it. I'm a nighttime guy. She's a morning person. And it's like, if I became a morning person, she'd be like, it's a dream world. I don't know. She needs. I don't know. All right. Well, you know, look at it this way. If it'll be rough, I'm
0: a rough watch in the morning, man. Oh, you're not easy on the night when the you know, easy on the eye when the sun goes down either there, sweetheart. (laughs) 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 But, uh, no, it's it's um it's phenomenal. The response has been overwhelming, and Larry and I both thank you very much for being here today. Hit like, oh. hit subscribe, and all that good stuff. Yeah, what do you got?
1: Well, one thing I do want to mention, um, you gave me the great idea, and I had a chance. Damon did a did a um, a meet and greet, and what, what at uh, what was the name of the place in the city? Victory Hall,
0: Victory Hall on Rich Street, right over there by the ballpark. It's a great bar. My friend uh, Waylon has opened his doors for us whenever he's asked him to, and he's been a great host and uh it was wonderful to have you and amy come on by meet all of uh the plusers and the early adapters to the Damon Bruce show on YouTube. You had a lot of fans in that room too, Larry, and you are doing this at picking a pickle up at quarter Madeira, baby. Oh,
1: and ho, there he, we go. And like that, look at it, that, please. the graphic, we're doing a watch party and it's, we're going to do it during a Niner game. We actually did it on the Niner bye week for Damon's at, uh, in the city, but we're going to, if you're a, if you're a fan of my champ, you're a fan of Damon's ta- channel, hopefully Damon's going to be there December 17th at one o'clock. We're all going to get together together at uh, Pig and a Pickle in Corte Madera. Now, they've got two locations, right? Don't go to Emeryville. Go to Corte Madera in Marin. And, you know, it's December 17th, so it's one of the last major shopping days before Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, and all the great holidays and uh, coming up here late December. But December 17th, we'll be there. Niners play the Cardinals. We'll do a watch party. I'm going to be there from noon on. The place opens at 11. They'll be there. They'll be open till eight. Stop by, have some barbecue, watch the game with us, have a few beers, um, and then you know I understand that that's a very busy Christmas shopping day for a lot of people. But that of madera Mall is freaking amazing, so stop in, have some barbecue, say hi to me, say hi to Damon. Hopefully, Damon can make it. My family's going to be there. Kev's going to be there. Um, We're going to number- try to
0: make it up there. My mom's coming into town. We're going to do our very best to make it up there. I'm going to have to get back home to do my post game show. Um, But, Larry, we're going to be there. You know, you've supported me this entire way. We're
1: going to hopefully come out and support you. Yeah, Um, watch party December 17th, 341 Corte Town Center. What I was going to say is, hey, you know, stop by uh, if you want to do some. Let me get the other brand up here. By the way,
0: I love the way that you covered the mic flag in that old KNBR picture of you.
1: (laughs) Seriously. Um, But stop by, you know, um, have some barbecue, have a beer. And then uh, you know, go if you want to do more Christmas shopping, go do it at the of Madera Mall. If you want to watch the Niner Cardinal game with us, you can. I'm going to attempt to do my post game um, there at Pig and a Pickle. And if you want to stop by and be part of the studio audience for that, um, it's it's a restaurant. It doesn't have it doesn't have ridiculous. It's not uh, you know a, a Dallas, Texas, uh, you know restaurant where it's you know there's 19 cavernous rooms it's right. somewhat small 100 yeah i mean we're probably it probably you know if 100 people descend on this place it's probably going to blow the entire place up but um, i've had a lot of people already say they're going to be there so stop by december 17th watch niners and cardinals have a beer have some barbecue um and uh, hang out we're going to kind of treat it like an open house we'll be there between noon and when they close at eight should be a lot yeah, of fun i'm looking forward to it. I'll
0: just be honest with you larry's good the barbecue is great Yeah, the (laughs) barbecue. barbecue. Um, Look, you want to talk about blowing the place up. Larry, this brings, I've kind of buried the lead today. I think more than any other time in his career with the Niners, which has been dotted with excellence, I think Trent Williams might have played his best game in a 49ers uniform yesterday. Trent Williams was out there bulldozing guys. I mean, he just went full on. What they call him the Silverback Gorilla? Oh my God! What a day he had! Not just pass blocking, but the run blocking. I mean, he was caving in the left, the right side of that Seahawks front. He all day long. Anything Christian McCaffrey wanted around left side,
1: he got. And then when you put how good, how good, how good was, play, was the Niners' run game, Damon? They averaged seven and a half a carry. It was so good. You almost didn't even notice it.
0: You know what I mean? It's like when, you know, Usain Bolt was so fast. He almost looked like he was running in slow motion. Like the Niners game, the run game was so efficient, you almost didn't even see it yesterday. It was just a given. Here's six yards. Here's another six yards. Here's seven yards. Here's 12 yards. Here's 15 yards. Here's a 22-yard a run by McCaffrey. Oh, here's a 72-yard run to open the goddamn game. Of that And by the way, then J.P. Mason got in for the tug. Hey, how about J.P. Mason? He's still on the team. He's still getting good for him.
1: And Elijah Um, Mitchell was hurt, so we may see more J.P. Mason. I liked what I said. Again, I've never seen
0: J.P. Mason and said to myself, less of that guy. I, I haven't. I haven't. So uh, uh, more J.P. Mason, not at even the expense of Elijah Mitchell, who's also a running back that I like. But on the goal line, yeah, absolutely. Save, save Christian McCaffrey that goal line pounding when you can, if you can get Mason to, 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 to stuff it in there. James T. Kirk, you said pounding. Hey, you know what? I can I can help him out.
2: Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it.
0: Oh, yeah. We got old tricks here. We got old tricks up our sleeves. But Larry, I actually really believe, and this is a theory that I worked, I, I kind of workshopped it on my post-game show. You tell me what you think. Okay. So we all know that the worst possession an offense can have is a three and out. And the problem with a three and out isn't just that you're giving the ball right back, but you never got any momentum. Like you never got, you you were never able to establish a rhythm because you only ran three plays. Well, the Niners only ran two plays. And even though they equaled touchdown, I actually think that that extremely fast start did as much to take the 49ers out of rhythm as any big Seattle Seahawk early in that first quarter, big hit that they might've laid on anyone. I just think that the 49ers have used this first drive all season long to establish an offensive cadence and rhythm, and they were 72 yards down the field, one more played in the end zone, and the only thing, and this is going to sound nuts, like the only thing worse than a three and out might be running two plays, even if they, you get a touchdown out of it. Like that is, I, I think that the Niners scored they scored in such a short time that, I mean, they scored faster than it took to sing the national anthem. So I, I almost think that that
1: took them out of a little rhythm early They scored on. too fast. Yeah, there's no problem. Excuse me, no. Kyle. Uh, Larry Kruger here from the Krug Show. Is it possible that your offense is too explosive?
0: Can you slow that down, Kyle? I think you're taking yourself out of <laughs> rhythm with all these points. Again, I'm workshopping this
1: theory. I'm not telling you it's one of my best. I'm workshopping <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. What, what, do what do you think? I don't know. I think I'll take the points. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I asked Kyle right when the press conference started. I said, hey, you know, you guys you guys got a, got a win here over Seattle, and they were so many heroes what did you like most about this game? And he thought about it for like less than a half a second. And he said, you know what? The fact that we got to win. In other words, they're just singularly focused. It was it. you know, the fact of the matter is they, they knew Seattle was more rested. They knew Seattle was pissed off from getting routed up there. They knew that uh, it was going to be really tough to vanquish a proud opponent like Seattle twice in what, 15 days or whatever it is. Um, and and they they would take this win any way it came. But it really was a great top-to-bottom team victory. You know, the offense played great, the defense played great, the special teams had big plays. The Niners are rounding into form right now, Damon, and it's it's a pleasure to watch. And when and to me, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, more as we go, but equally exciting is kind of the eroding of the Super Bowl landscape. As far as the other teams are concerned, Buffalo beat Kansas City, but Buffalo doesn't look like a world beater. But guess what? Kansas City doesn't look like a Super Bowl contender right now. And guess what? The Eagles are taking on Water. They don't look all that great. And Dallas is routing people, but the Niners own Dallas. And Detroit, I thought was real, but they may be real in 2025 because the Bears are slapping them around. And you look around and you're like, wait a second. All of the teams that are standing between the 49ers and that sixth Lombardi, uh, in the Santa Clara trophy case suddenly don't look like they're peaking or getting better. And in many cases, they look like they're getting worse. And, and this thing is, I don't want to get overly excited, but the 49ers are, are peaking and they're getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And how many teams in the NFL have this trajectory that actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl? Does Balt- Baltimore was life and death to beat the Rams at home yesterday. They're supposedly awesome. Who's the best team in the AFC? Baltimore? Kansas City who lost and have no receivers? Is it Miami? Maybe it's Miami. We may be headed towards a Niners, Dolphins, Vegas showdown for the ages, between the teacher and the pupil, between McDaniel and all that speed and Tyreek Hill and, you know, Shanahan and Purdy and all these weapons, but it's it's starting to – we're seeing a thinning of the herd at the top in the NFL right now, and I'm excited about the Niners, but I'm also excited about the potential uh, when you look at the landscape of the rest of the league.
0: Yeah, it was – look – it was a rough weekend for Bay Area sports when you looked at the Warriors dumping one on the road by a point and then Shohei Otani taking 700 million over 10 to join the Dodgers. And so it was it, it felt like there were two body blows on the Bay Area's fighter this weekend and then the 49ers reminded you that you still got a potential heavyweight right here. And they just handled their business and, and made everyone feel a lot better. Thank God that they didn't join the uh, the parade of depression that is right now the Warriors and the Giants. But look, there were... There I mean, was- the Gi- Wait, the Giants didn't get Otani? Can you believe it, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. It is a shocker. It really yeah. is. Um, I told you
1: $700 million was the magic number. 700 million dollars they were saying he was getting 44 a year he got 70 and a they, lot of it's uh, deferred so the dodgers are going to be able to keep building and you know we oh gotta, my god i i know
0: I, I, this, I, I, this is not this is not giants wake up well no, we don't want to lose the, the audience Alarm, exactly we got but, two
1: thousand people watching this show the last thing we want to do is start talking giants right. baseball by the way here's our market giants report. baseball can clear a room better than any anybody that you know Uh, uh,
0: our our market report brought to us by Kevin Kruger. 49ers wake up between your channel and my channel right now. Larry has 2000 people watching us right now in our respective rooms. 95.7. The game is at 970 KNBR is at 460. So once again, we have more viewers watching us than both established sports talk stations in San Francisco have combined. So great hires and fires on their part, don't you think? <laughs> um, let's talk about a guy who we have bagged on probably more than any other niner this year. And he stepped into a situation, was thrown into it because of a Chavarius ward injury. And the shuffling means Lenore's coming off the slot and he's going to the corner now to play opposite of Andre Thomas. And guess who yesterday's second leading tackler was Isaiah Oliver. We've bagged on Isaiah Oliver. He has played his way into the depth chart, not to the top of it, but he really responded yesterday, and I think we got to give him a you know a little little golf clap on
1: that one. And I'll tell you, Greg Olson, he's a great dude, by the way. Isaiah Oliver is a tremendous guy. He really well, is. He,
0: he he played very well when the needle fell on him. And talking about needles falling on guys. Dude, Jair Brown can play, Larry, straight up. Like I'm not worried about Talanoa Hufanga's injury being the reason why this defense is gonna perform or function differently. He's a hitter. He can play. He's got good hands. He's got good
1: eyes. He's got good angles. I really like Jair Brown. Oh, great kid. Great kid. Um, he's the New Jersey Steals leader in basketball. Think about that. Ooh, so he's got hand. he's got great anticipation. He's got great hands. He's got great two or three step quickness. He's making plays. And I, I asked Shanahan this question. I haven't tweeted it out yet. I will later this morning. And I talked to Jair in the locker room yesterday. I asked Shanahan. I'm like, it was. I said, man, I love what I'm seeing with uh, Jair Brown on the front end, on the back end, against the run, against the pass. Um, what I I go, he's making plays all over the field, Kyle. What are you seeing? And he's like, I'm seeing the same thing. Um, he's like, he had an interception yesterday. Easily could have had two. He makes big starching hits that, you know, he's a thumper. He's a thumper in the box. He can cover down the field. That was a great freaking third round draft choice. Um, that kid was, as I said, he, you know, he's a, he was a two sports star in high school. He followed Jaquan Brisker to junior college, then followed Brisker to Penn state. Brisker's now with the bears. Dyer fell to 87 in the draft. The Niners saw him falling. They traded up to get him. And day one, you know, it's like everybody's got a vibe about him. His vibe is like, I'm damn good and I know it. I'm not, I'm not arrogant, but I don't lack for confidence. Right. And then I went up to him in the locker room and I said, Hey, have you talked to Talanoa? Cause Talanoa has taken a personal, um, you know, personal interest in this kid's development, despite the Talanoa himself is, you know, this kid's taking his spot as Talanoa is on the IR, and as I'm asking him about, about Talanoa, he's like, and he looks back in his locker, and he's like, he gave me these beads, and, and I go, are they good luck beads? Are they winning beads or whatever? He's like, I'm not really sure. i got to talk to him about it, but he gave me these beads, and, um, and whenever you know, I'll take anyone, Whenever anyone of Samoan descent hands you beads, you take them. You take those beads. You take those <laughs> beads. beads. But, yeah, I mean, the kid is just special. He's special. He's got a nose for the football. He wants to get better. The moment's not too big for him. He will step into the he will he will fill the lane and and light you up like a like a like a you know a cigar in your golf bag on the ninth hole. You know what I mean? He will absolutely light you up, and yet he's got coverage ability down the field, and he's a productive interceptor. And there's a few things that translate in in football from college to the pros. If you sack the quarterback in college, Typically, you're going to find a way to sack the quarterback in the NFL. And if you intercept passes in college, you're going to find a way to intercept passes in the NFL. And he, I think, has had double-digit picks the last three years for the Nittany Lions. And look what he's done so far. Could have had two yesterday.
0: Kids special. Diamador Lenore. He needs to get in front of a jugs machine. Oh,
1: my God. He had that tip drill interception that he almost had the other day. But uh, That's when when the receivers start talking trash to him and being like, hey, bro, that's why you play defense. That's
0: why you're a cornerback instead of a wide receiver in this league. But, look, I'm glad he's a cornerback. Lenore's really come on well. Ambry Thomas, again, he did get beat on the DK Metcalf. By the way, DK Metcalf on his one touchdown catch. What an adjustment he made. I mean, he caught that thing in his hip pocket, Larry, coming off of his back shoulder as Locke didn't even. I mean, I don't even want to say Locke tried to put the ball there. The ball was just there. And the adjustment that Metcalf made, that ball came right over Ambry Thomas's outstretched hand. It was, I mean, here's the thing. Metcalf is a physical specimen of a, of the first degree. He is a hothead, but that's a guy I would want to go to war with any day of the week. Like, seriously. Like, I I know every Niner fan is wired to hate DK Metcalf as they should be. He's a good player. He didn't have a good game yesterday. He has not played well against he's... the 49ers. They got the answer and the antidote to him,
1: but boy, he is, he he's is unique. He's very unique. I mean, first of all, the guy shredded, right? Uh, and he he he's about other, two for 30. He makes other um,
0: professional athletes keep their shirt on. You know,
1: yeah, I mean, the, he, he, he he's, the guy's shredded. Um, but, If you know, you know, here's the weirdest statistical anomaly in the history of the combine. Guess who's got the faster three cone drill, DK Metcalf or Tom Brady?
0: Well, you wouldn't be asking me if the answer weren't. Tom Brady, it's
1: Tom freaking Brady. He does. DK doesn't run the full tree. He's a go pattern guy. He's a post pattern guy. He he's got like four routes that he can run. Well, he's, he's so no,
0: freaking he's, big,
1: Larry. I'm surprised
0: yeah. he isn't like Brandon Ayuk, like a jitterbug can do anything cut on a dime. He's just too much man to
1: turn right. around fast. And Mooney, ha, you know, Mooney is a great matchup for him. I really believe Moon the DK is one of the main reasons the Niners went after Mooney Ward. Because he's a Mooney's the perfect answer to DK, um, and D, but DK is got he's so big and so fast, and it, you know could you imagine what DK would be with Kyle Shanahan calling plays where you get him in the middle of the field? You saw that middle of the field play against Dallas where he ran away. It was looked he looked like I, I I felt like I was watching a sports car uh, take off on the freeway. I mean he was just he was like shot from a cannon. I've never seen anybody that big with that kind of straight line speed. He doesn't um, even have a wide receiver's body. No, he, he's, he's somewhere
0: in between a tight end and a safety. I mean, he really, he's just, he's, he's a-, a unique player. He's a, he, he, he might be a one trick pony, but he's got a hell of a trick up his sleeve.
1: He really does. He played with AJ Brown at Ole Miss and he barely did anything. Go look at the numbers. It was all AJ Brown. DK barely did anything there. And uh, that was like the concern coming out. It's like, well, the guy looks awesome, but can he play? And uh, a lot of people, you know, he's that one guy that looked incredible at the combine, didn't have the collegiate production, and has emerged as a very, very special player. He's not, he's not AJ Brown. Brown's still way better. There's lots of receivers that you know get into and out of their breaks more efficiently, better hands, but man, mismatch. Mismatch. Well,
0: also, well, DK Metcalf is also a little bit of a punk in him. He's got some punk tendencies
1: and he He grabbed warner's face mask and he was just rocking that thing back and forth
0: before all that larry i don't know if you've seen the footage that came out this morning and i didn't see it until this morning on twitter uh before fred warner shoves him in the back dk metcalf absolutely like suplexed almost pile drived pick up and drove Fred Warner to the ground. That's why Warner got up and shoved him in the back, which led to Metcalf getting up and grabbing Warner by the face mask. And then the scrum breaks out and we're playing the feud. Um, And then (laughs) the Amador Lenore is in there with a two piece. Just it's coming in. (laughs) I
1: miss the feud, man. Richard Dawson. Let's play the feud. Oh, there is the feud still going on right now, but of course that. But old, if it's, old if it's not feud. Richard Dawson, it's not really the feud. Could it, you it, imagine if there was a, any game show host today? Well, there is no game show host. There's no game shows anymore. But if you try to kiss everybody, <laughs> if you tried to kiss Richard Dawson, literally try to rip off kisses from everybody. Give Richard me a Dawson it.
0: got more ass than a horse's
1: saddle. Okay, <laughs> Richard Dawson was just kissing everybody. He really was. He,
0: there was uh there was an, an aggressive amount of me too that would have come for Richard Dawson had he yeah. been in our era. It was a different time,
1: kids. It was you a could, different time.
0: You could you could smoke, you could you could drink a glass of scotch with clinking ice cubes on TV back in those days. It was different. <laughs> right. It was, right. It was a different time. Um, but look, it was uh a hell of a game for the 49ers. Welcome to 49ers Wake Up. It's wonderful to have you here. Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger with you. I know that, Larry, you've already got 21 Super Chats are already starred. So yeah, you want to we'll we go to through it? Well, Yeah, let's get into them, but I want to bring up what I thought was an easy-to-forget-about, but maybe the most important play of the day, the biggest momentum shifter where the game really went from, hey, Seattle's maybe hanging around, two. All right. The Niners are in control. Okay. I thought the biggest play of the day, the most momentum shifting play of the day is when the Niners get the ball back with 558 remaining in the third third quarter. Okay, And the very first play was Purdy to Ayuk for 45 yards, which just put the Seahawks back on their heels. You get Christian McCaffrey then into the red zone. He goes around Trent Williams two plays later. And then a play after that, Debo's getting a little shovel pass. And uh, no, actually, that wasn't a pop pass. That wasn't the Debo pop pass. That was the Debo handoff to his rushing touchdown. And that made it 21-10 Niners. And that's where they took control of the game, I thought, more than anything else. And maybe the second biggest play. In by, By the
1: way, I totally agree with you. I highlighted in my notes on that first and 10 from the 25. Purdy expertly moves to his left in the pocket and throws a dime to Ayuk, forty-five yards down the field. It was first and ten on the Niner twenty-five. The next snap was first and ten on the Seahawk thirty. That was a huge play.
0: It's stupid how much you and I think alike.
1: Huge play. <laughs> I think huge you can have play.
0: twenty people watch the same game and come away with twenty different plays, but you and I are usually on that momentum buried yeah. in the it's, somewhere in the haste Screamed.
1: Play. It screamed big time.
0: It did. Big time. It did. And then, look, George Kittle's big touchdown right after the Seahawks scored their touchdown in the second half there. Kittle made the game 28-16, to 16, two plays into the fourth quarter. A, a really nice screen set up by the Seahawks, too. It's like they faked screens in both directions and went in the middle. Um, nice play. Nice play, Seattle. Drew Locke ran that one well. Uh, did it to the backup tight end. But it was a day where without even really noticing as it was happening, Brock Purdy throws for a career-best yardage afternoon. Purdy finished the game with uh, 368 368 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception that, again, was off the fingertips of Ayuk. I'm sure Purdy will wear the scarlet letter on that one, but it might have been Ayuk's fault. It was just a, a day of chunk plays and efficiency from a team that, has a coach who can really dial him up. When you're getting 9.9 yards per play, that's the most amount of yards averaged in a single game in the Kyle Shanahan era. So it's, it's hard to say that, you know, Kyle really botched the end of that second half or the end of the first half, which he did. He, I, don't, I don't care what he says. I don't care what his excuse is. That is not how you play that half. Um, that That
1: is... That is, a, the, the, an he took his foot ball. off the gas pedal. I'd like to know why. Uh, yeah. Maybe he felt like Seattle couldn't score with them. Maybe he was got distracted. Maybe he, you know, maybe it was a, a colossal error of field. judgment. Who doesn't want a short field with three timeouts? Yeah. I, I don't understand. No, I know. No, I know. I mean, where did we see that before? If you said, where did we see I Kyle know. take off the foot off the gas pedal? Where Does would, it rhyme were, with the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs?
0: Does it rhyme with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But see that team, that chief team was could had the ability to explode offensively. Right. That the Seattle team. Yeah. I mean, that was up, a mistake. Yeah. That was a mistake. This was a mistake as well, but you know, I'd love to hear, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, that's the beauty of this thing. We'll get a chance on Wednesday to go down there. And after I kind of watch the game with a, and go through it with a fine tooth comb, I can come up with a couple questions and I can throw a couple of them at Kyle. Are you getting the
0: Helen Thomas first question in these press conferences now, Larry? Normally Mayoko gets that first question or Barrows. Is it
1: yours now? Are you the first question guy? Yeah. I've moved those guys aside. And, uh, no, I, um, yeah, no, from YouTube (laughs) (laughs) shut up. Well, no, but you know, some, (laughs) sometimes I, sometimes I sit back and let it breathe and, and, and other times I just grab it. Um, you know, there, I actually had somebody criticize me in the press box when I got upstairs for asking that question that I should have asked a follow-up question about Mooney Ward's injury and his status, but I felt like Kyle had given us the update that he had, and um, I was taking that at face value that he, that was the update. And growing then moving on Mooney to Ward? other topics. Is that
0: where we are still groin this afternoon?
1: Groin for Mooney Ward as far as could he have come back in? Was it precautionary? Is it a week-long thing? Is he out for the year? I mean all those could have been follow-ups, but, um, there's no way he's out for the year. He's not, no, well, no, but I'm just saying line. the scope oh, yeah. of that inner inner injury. I think the people that were being critical of me were like, Hey man, we wanted more on the scope of that injury. So maybe yesterday I, I jumped in too fast. Maybe somebody else would have smartly asked about the scope of the injury, but you know what? I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not writing an article for the you know Reno Gazette. So I don't need to get that little note in there. I wanted to ask Kyle I said I said to him I'm like man you got everything going in this game offensively defensively all your weapons you got to win against a Seahawk team that was motivated determined rested and ready what did, what impressed you most about the win I wanted to see what direction he would take it and he's like started off by just saying hey when, man we got the win you know we just got the win that's what we were here for so um I, I thought I was looking to see what direction he would take it to see what was on the top of his brain uh, and what was on top of his brain was that, hey, it's week 14 and um, we got another win and we're stacking wins. And that's probably the right mindset for a NFL head coach.
0: James T. Kirk says, how does one get a media credential with the team? Well, apparently, if you have electricity, you're a candidate. So, <laughs>
1: um, you know, you apply, you apply. And there, yeah. you know, that it's as simple as that. Um, and you usually have to have some some uh, tie to something, either. Either some huge audience somewhere, or you have to be working for an old school uh, paper or have a know, dad who was a hack in the industry, a media entity, or something. There's you got to have usually something that, um, you know, that you're there for. Let's hop into some super chats, Larry. What do you got cooking? Well, G Martinez, not a super, but he just says, You guys are killing with Thank all those exclamation you. points. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, Exclamation points. It's exclamation incredible exclamation points. I top out at three typically. All right, let's, uh, I can't, the chat is moving so, so fast that I, there's so many people that have so had said so many great things to say. Um, you know, I just, I don't know where to start. Uh, so let me just go right to the supers here. Uh, That one makes me laugh from Gregus. All right, here we go. Kyle L says, best day after 49er content in the land. Thank you,
0: Kyle. Really appreciate
1: it. Hutch serves gaming's dropping a 30 spot on me. He says, here's 30 for 30K, Larry. You lazy, Larry. 30 for 30. If you're in the chat and you see people calling me lazy, lazy, lazy. My mentor, my good friend, the late Biller Bannock, who I scouted with and worked for in the Canadian Football League, former Raider D-line coach, former Bengal D-line coach, former pro personnel director with the Arizona Cardinals, a guy who meant more to my football career than almost anybody. Uh, I lost him this year, and I loved him like a second father. And he used to say,
2: boy, you're, I love you, Larry,
1: but you're fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he would say it. He would say it in front of the team. And so like when I run into old Sacramento gold miners in the, from the mid nineties with Gay Stevenson, there I would be like fucking Larry. Hey, what's up? So he used to say that to me. I love you, boy, but let me tell you, you're fucking lazy. <laughs> and, and I was, I was effing lazy to him because I showed up for work at 7. AM. And I left at 10 PM and they showed up at five, quarter to five and stayed there till we got the job done. And that could have been after midnight.
0: Right. And you're so still coming in four and eight. So how much, how much is that record helping you? How much does that learn
1: how hard it was to work? Um, until I worked in a, on a pro football coaching staff and scouted and, and worked for these guys, I realized these guys are effing crazy. They work and work and work. They fly home from, you know, uh, a game, they don't go home and see their wife and kids. They go to the facility and watch film until their eyes, until they got to call their, you know, optometrist and, and change their, uh, um, you know, their prescription on their contacts or glasses. It's
0: not a healthy endeavor, whether to play it or coach it, it it, it takes years off of lives. It truly does. You don't want it
1: like I want it. All right, then you're (laughs) right. I'd like to see my wife and children. Yes, I do (laughs) want my family in my life. (laughs) Ricky Williams says the Cowboys did their big one against the Eagles, how do you guys view the matchup now with Dak and the defense uh, playing like crazy? The matchup with the Niners and the Cowboys or the Niners and the Eagles? Um, you know, I was looking at the playoff matchups. Right now, the Niners would be the one seed. The Cowboys, um, or I think the 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 Eagles fall to the five seed. So, you know, there's a very good chance the Niners are going to get the Eagles. Um, if it, you know, unless Green Bay upsets Dallas, and we're going to see Green Bay tonight, and Lo Neal told me yesterday on the 95-7 pregame show that he thinks the Packers are coming, and that they're a real sleeper team, so wouldn't that be something if Green Bay knocked off Dallas, and it was Niners-Packers at Levi's in that first playoff game, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I'm not afraid of Dallas or Philly. I think the Niners are better than both those teams. They've routed both those teams.
0: Yeah, Ricky, you're watching 49ers wake up, so obviously the two of us are probably going to come down, not because we're homers, but just because we've been paying attention to the 49ers. The real answer to your question, I think, you know, turn to Las Vegas. The 49ers would be favored against either of those teams. The 49ers are going to be favored in every game that they play between now and wherever their year ends, wherever their year ends, so... That's Who do you fear
1: more between Dallas and Philly? Because I still feel fear Philly more. I know you. What we all saw last night was Dallas in their place sprinting past the Eagles, but um, the, the cow, Cowboys can't stop the Niners' run. The Cowboys can't run the ball against the Niners, and that's where football starts. And so I'll take Niners Cowboys on the rematch, uh, and feel just fine over. Another match with Hertz and the Eagles. Yeah. Where, I'm, not, I'm, not watching,
0: I'm not watching the Eagles lose two games and doing a complete referendum and what I felt about them going into the Niner game. They're a good football team. they have had two tough opponents and had two poor performances against tough opponents. I mean, they shot themselves with the with their turnovers last night. Would they have three turnovers? A fumble for Hertz, a fumble for um for for uh uh Devante, and a fumble for A.J. Brown, too. So it was it was a rough night for the Eagles, but they're still a good football team. But their defense doesn't scare me like it used to. I think that the Niners have shown you that they can exploit
1: their defensive deficiencies. So C.J. Gardner-Johnson was a bad A, and they lost him in the offseason and replaced him with, what, Lance Blankenship? Uh, you know, that I think the Eagles on the back end are, you know... And by the way, how cutthroat is the NFL? The Niner-Eagle game... They faked the halfback toss to CMC on the tunnel screen to Debo that went for six untouched late in that game. The linebacker who who fell for that play fake by CMC, Christian Ellis, cut. Three days later, cut. ouch! Patriots picked him up, but still, how ruthless is the NFL? You fall for a play fake and suddenly you're you know on the on the on the beach, uh, Japanese the Japanese Forty Nine er fan. Uh oh, that the Japanese Forty Nine er fan. How does Purdy? How does Purdy deserve the MVP when he's playing with All Pro running back Mitch Wushnaski? <laughs> hey,
0: by the way, um, what kind of a a career? You know, we we all love watching the odometer when it gets to a big milestone, right? Well, Christian McCaffrey has gone over ten thousand career yards from scrimmage right now, with one hundred and fifty three yards from scrimmage. Sunday against the Seahawks McCaffrey reached 10,000 yards for scrimmage from his career in 88 career games McCaffrey has now totaled 10,071 yards from scrimmage and 77 total touchdowns making him the seventh player in NFL history to have 10,000 or more yards from scrimmage and 75 or more touchdowns in his first 90 career games and here's the company he's keeping Larry it's literally the list of the greatest running backs in the history of the sport. On the list that Christian McCaffrey has joined are Hall of Famers Marcus Allen, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, Emmett Smith, Ladanian Tomlinson, and soon-to-be Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson. So wow. Christian McCaffrey's, you know, we, we had our who's going to the Hall of Fame if their careers ended today conversation on, on Friday. Trent is in for sure christian mccaffrey is in for sure i think george kittle would be in for sure and then on the other side of the ball you have absolute hall of fame tracks laid down by both fred warner and nick bosa and kyle shanahan's a super bowl away from being on a hall of fame track himself so and lynch is already in a lot of talent there yeah and lynch he's got a jacket
1: yeah Unbelievable. Um, this wasn't a super, but I saved it because ER said, please cover why Shanahan did not use timeouts at the end of the first half. Could have gotten in field goal position. We kind of hit pressure. that. I mean, yeah, he's that.
0: Got, here's the thing. He's going to whip up a bullshit excuse to explain it away.
1: And well, I don't know or, 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 or maybe not. it won't be a bullshit excuse. Maybe it's it's his uh, thought of the tempo of the game. Maybe he had some some reason for it, but it did seem like an oversight. Here's the thing. it's there's
0: not a lot of hey Kyle, no matter what you were thinking, you're probably wrong about that. Taking a short field with three timeouts with this offense and a kicker that can hit it from anywhere means you should you should
1: you should always be playing to score as long as the game is happening. That's just me. that's well, and 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 my my uh, question I think would be along the lines of if you got into a game with, I don't know Miami in like, I don't know, Las Vegas. Would you do the same thing? You know what I mean? Cause that's right. really the question. That's the pertinent question is like, you know, yeah, you won the game, but what if you got in there into a fight with a a, a team that could really score points in bunches, would you have taken a different approach there? And I'd love to hear his answer to that. A gold blooded says the only worry is the injuries is the injuries for this guy, gold blooded. And then we got a guy saying he wants to see Niners dolphins in Vegas. Dale drops Brock is the most cerebral quarterback in the league. Chess versus checkers. Uh, There has not been a quarterback this smart since the line uh, at the line since Tom Brady. It's not even close. Um, Brock is very, 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 you know, he's football smart.
0: Again, it's that central processing unit we were talking about earlier. He sees the field. He processes the information. If I can steal from Greg Cosell once again, he's good late in the down. And you can't be good late in the down unless your eyes are where they need to be. This was the criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, first read, he's a really good quarterback. Second or third read, his quarterbacking acumen starts to fall dramatically, where it feels like Brock's quarterbacking acumen almost increases the deeper he gets into the play. And that's a credit to him, to Kyle, to the players and talent
1: around him. They all fit each other like a hand in a glove. Brock has, and it's not just intellect. I mean, I'm sure it is partially intellect, but spatial awareness. The one thing the Niners weren't doing in the later stages of the Garoppolo run where they weren't having play action from under center as much as they were play action from Jimmy being in the shotgun. Why? Because when Jimmy turned his back on the defense and then turned back around, he kind of needed to recalibrate where everybody was when you watch Brock Purdy operate under center and he turns his back on the defense on a play action, play fake, when he flips back around, he literally knows where everybody, his, his mind or, or his eyes have taken that picture and he knows where everybody's going to be. And you'll see him flip back around and be, he's already taken his hand off the ball. He knows where he's going to go with it. So, you know, that we're talking about split seconds here, but there that's the difference right there. Um, We got this one from Greg Argisi. He says Brock equals baby Montana. Real-life Brocky. Yo, Niners. Or maybe even Go Niners. Eric Wertheimer says, Debo Sember is my favorite month. (laughs) Better than (laughs) Toyotathon. Debo is incredible. Um, Five touchdowns in his last two games. Bang bang! Forty nine er gangs so can forty ers pay per, uh, pay Purdy now? He's worth the bag. Nope they don't they don't have to pay him now. Yep. that's the beauty of it. Nope. Uh, Dolanile Dolanite says enjoyed Krug's interview with Kinlaw. Yeah we 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 wrapped up with a uh, three minute uh, breakdown on dip. I said what are you chewing, bro? And he's like, I go is that is that Copenhagen? Is that Grizzly? What do you got there? And uh, he's like I don't know what I'm chewing. I bummed it from George. Uh, so we so we talked about what kind of dip, uh, uh so Killen.
0: They, they, yeah, they Yeah, they're definitely want players endorsing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, smoke tobacco. What was the answer by the way? Is a former dipper. I he, haven't had a single dip. If, so if you're for asking me like. So Damon, what's what's the worst part of the the stroke? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't dip anymore. Oh, I it's terrible to- stuff. I I quit it as well. I remember Tommy when I worked with Tolbert used to love the cherry skull. I asked uh, uh, Javon, he's like, man, I like a little something, anything with a little winter green. He likes a little winter there green. There you go. Well, cool. So he might be a Kodiak guy then,
0: because Kodiak is, they they would find that you, you could feel the mouth cancer
1: coming with Kodiak. You can feel it cutting in your gums. Well, you, I, I don't that. know if people know this, but you know what they put in dip? Shards, glass. Of, shards of glass. Yeah. To cut your lip so that it goes, so that the tobacco goes into the bloodstream. Glass, Sand, Larry. These are diabolical, man. That's diabolical. Yeah. Uh, Danny Golding TV says 49er Wake Up is the best wake-up show based in the Bay since Wake Up SF with Danny Tanner and Rebecca Donaldson. I believe that's a Full House reference. (laughs) I guess that would
0: make us the Olsen twins. Robert Whitaker, Larry's impression of Ralph is better.
1: Sorry, Damon.
2: (laughs) Come on. Craig, you're so cute. You get angry about the giants. Oh, you're going to Disneyland? Go to Toontown. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta remember that. I was so excited about it. Go, to <laughs> go to Toontown. Go to Toontown, Larry. Yeah, yeah, No, Craig, let me tell you, you gotta go to Disney's Disney's kitchen. It's in downtown Disney. It's a little pricey, but you're really gonna like it. The characters are there, they interact with the kids. I really enjoyed it. Tate enjoyed it. We really thought it was great.
1: Five weeks later, I come back. Ralph, you owe me a hundred bucks. I went to breakfast. It was like a hundred and forty dollars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little pricey. It's a little pricey. <laughs> it's a little pricey. But like, I, I save money on my 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 my, my minata, so I, I want to say I don't save on Disneyland. Elite
1: Archer twenty three, but I can't point out why Kyle isn't trusted.
0: It sounds like he's wrapping up a bigger conversation or point he was making
1: in somewhere else there. That's what know. happens when we group the Super Chats uh, Elite Archer. We didn't fully get the context, I think. Atlanta 3 says, is Grant coming to Pig in a Pickle? Damon and Grant can hug it out while Coach provides security. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure who will be there, but I'm excited for everybody who will be at Pig in a Pickle. Lorenzo Pinto says, I grew up with you two guys. I'm here to support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro uh Raqeb jamani says great show guys love the hustle you guys have so happy about the 49ers season ticket holder down in the OC I really can see this team being denied a soup i really can see this team being denied a super Bowl championship I think he means I really can't see I really right. can't see this team being denied a super Bowl championship this season.
0: By the way, how about Rakib is—is is
1: there more? Is there
0: a more impressive season ticket holder than the one <clears throat> who has to fly into the game? I mean, that's Rakib. Is whatever bell he rung, he rang it good and loud. Cheers.
1: Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Uh, the Shaw, not a super, but I had to throw this one in in there. He says Brock's birthday is the twenty seventh. He will be twenty four. Crazy. I mean, the that's Shaw, what's. By mean, way,
0: has been a Plouffe mania. He's he's a hell of a listener, and
1: uh, that is crazy. Just that's how you, that's you, you know, you want are these the best forty nine er times? Well, you know what, I don't know, but they're about to be. They're about to be. Drunken Ninja says Terrell Owens is on is on line one, big and fast. Yeah, To had a little bit more route running ability and stop and start, and there was a lot more footwork to to uh, To than DK. But you're right. Big, strong, fast, dominant. Um, you don't want to tackle. You did not want to tackle to with three steps. You don't want to tackle Debo when he's got three steps. And man, if DK gets it rolling, good luck bringing him down. You're gonna make business decisions in that secondary. East Bay Ricardo says the biggest, um, biggest play of the biggest play of the, the day. Biggest, the biggest play of the day uh, was the unscripted up. fake punt.
0: Again, Mitch Wisnowski saw something. He loved it, and, I mean, he read it as correctly as a punter can read that play. I mean, if you're going to freelance like that as a punter, you a billion percent better be right with it, and he was right with it. Um, It's going to give opposing teams down the road something to think about in a category they normally don't need to think about. Like you said, Larry, there hasn't been a singular fake punt in the Shanahan 49er era. I don't know if there was a singular fake punt when he was an OC for the Atlanta Falcons either. I mean, it's just, he'd rather, I mean, he's got such an offense. He'd rather try to pick up the fourth with just a straight up play than a fake punt,
1: but wish now- I, did a hell of a job on that too bad. It didn't stand. Can I tell you why I believe we saw the fake punt yesterday? Because it was first of all, Schneider as uh, the former Seattle special teams coach, so if he's going to put get one over he's going to get one over on, on the team that he worked for for a long time. It was also the kind of game and I talked to O'Neal about this where the where Seattle was going to try you think to steal a series with something, an onside kick, a possible fake punt because the Niners are better than Seattle. And when you're better, when the team that you're playing is better, And more high powered, you might want to steal a possession. And so, you know what? If you feel like you can beat them to the punch, you do it. And so, I think the 49ers thought maybe a fake punt was coming on the other end, and they wanted to. And Schneider, who's an expert special teams coach, said, I'm going to beat them to the punch. By the way, when is it okay to butcher your spelling or your verbiage in a a super chat? When you come right back with the correction for $4.99 more. He says, the biggest play of the game was the unscripted fake punt. Thank you, East Bay Ricardo. Twice. Again,
0: uh, biggest play isn't exactly spelled correctly there, so another five
1: dollars he could get it right. <laughs> Thank you very much, East Bay Ricardo. Yes, Tom Daly says, "Miss where I was born, San Francisco, even though it's not the same, but YouTube bring me back. Keep up the great work. Thank I'll you, tell Tom. You, that's that's, that's, a, a, great that's a huge
0: compliment, and that is something that I've heard, Larry. You know, when I when people talk about finding us here on YouTube and subscribing and liking." Not only do we serve up, I think, sports right today, but there's an element of nostalgia that gets wrapped up in us. And a lot of people are like, oh, to hear your voice again and to hear you guys working together. My two favorite hosts that the Bay Area always should have put together, but no radio station was ever able to figure out how to do it the right way, the right time. Almost happened once, but, you know, it's uh, it's great that it's happening now, no doubt about it. Hey, you want San Francisco
1: minus the feces and the needles? Check out the Krug show. Check out Damon Bruce. Plus, there you go. Check out 49 er wake up. Uh, Daryl Granville says, can the Niners still pick up Kinlaw's fifth year option? No, but they can sign him. You know, they can sign him. He's a free agent, and I'm sure he would like to stay. And maybe they would like to have him at a certain price. That's a his, thing. I his think mentor he- is Eric Armstead. He's played
0: uh, himself into a price point that the Niners should be able to digest and and hopefully keep him around. And honestly, if they can't, Hey, I like Javon Kinlaw. It's he's, he, you know, there, there are some players that fall into the land of hard to replace. And there are other players that are replaceable. I would say that Kinlaw drifts into the lane of replaceable more than most guys along that defensive front, but he's having a great year. No, no complaints about Kinlaw at all. But if, How about this? If they can't re-sign Kinlaw, it won't be the difference in are you a playoff team or are you not?
1: He plays a position where if he keeps playing this well, he will get paid. And if he's going to get paid big, it may have to be elsewhere. But um, Aaron Banks told me yesterday in an interview that you can find on The Krug Show that J.K. is a great dude. He's like, man, people don't realize what a great dude that guy is. He's very real. Yeah, he's just, he really cares. He's a great teammate. This is Aaron Banks, and he's like, and he's strong as hell. He's like, you know, as somebody who's had to block him, I mean, when this guy pens, plays with leverage and a bended knee, I uh, you saw it in that Seattle game on the Ambry pick. He took that center and just waltzed him back into the quarterbacks, into Geno's back pocket, made it look like he was going up against high school kids. I mean, Kinlaw when he plays with leverage, maintains strength that very few people have. By the way,
0: you said Aaron Banks' name. We haven't used his name yet. He had another really good game, part of that left side, and Trent Williams collapsing the entire world over there.
1: I want you to – Banks uh, is a great dude, too. He's got a one-year-old. He showed me a picture of his one-year-old yesterday in the post-game locker room. Damon, this guy's bigger than us. (laughs) <laughs> he's got a he's got a one-year-old that literally is like six feet i mean it, the guy is i've never seen a bigger one-year-old in my entire life i said is that kid have a driver's license there I you mean, go it's, it's a big that's a big boy
0: what's the family business we large That's <laughs> what we, we we large over in this family aaron banks uh uh what is a uh, greg or jeff jeff schwartz gregory what's his name the former offensive lineman he's all over twitter you know who uh, i'm talking
1: about um Oh, yeah, uh, Jeff Schwartz, Jeff Schwartz, former Oregon Duck, yep. Yes, Uh, yeah, big Oregon Duck. His brother played Mitchell Schwartz, played for Cal.
0: Exactly. Uh, So Jeff Schwartz broke down the McCaffrey 72-yard game-opening run. Watch Aaron Banks get to the second level on that run. Watch Aaron Banks just clean up the dance floor and i think he took out bobby wagner too on the play the the reason why brock purdy had the entire dance floor to cut back across was because aaron banks came out there and like hooked the unknown comic off the stage if i can use a reference that's at least 50 years old here <laughs> right right um, that that's what happened that, i mean he, he 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 laid waste to the linebacker that he got to in that second level so cheers he, to aaron banks oh, he's going to have a great tension one year old son
1: Right. He's going to have a great career. He said, I said, he, and I said to him, I said, Hey man, he doesn't even know that you're a football player at this point. Uh, and he goes, yeah, no, we had him at the right time. He goes, but I'd love for him someday to, you know, he's got the six, he said he's already bought him a little 65 Jersey. Uh, but he goes, he, he'd love, you know, to have, you know, still be playing when the kid's a teenager and be able to, you know, be able to like, you know, enjoy his career, have his, remember, to enjoy his career with him.
0: This is another lesson that again, sports fans are terrible at learning this lesson, some guys take a little patience. Aaron Banks took a little patience. Remember all of his, you know, yeah. didn't even dresses in the beginning of his career in his rookie year, and he was being declared a bust. And right, and John Lynch pushed out.
1: back and, and said, and said, "Hey, hey, wait a second! All you guys saying this guy's a bust. This guy's not only not a bust. This guy's going to be a very good player for us for a long, long time." And that was that was late in his, I think his rookie year, where people were like, "Oh, Aaron Banks is a bust." It's like we're we're in a knee jerk quick reacting society. Nobody has patience for development anymore. Banks just needed that red shirt year to reproportion his body, learn the right. league. You get to learn the speed. Body. And, and
0: here's the thing. Yep. Everyone looks at the offensive line and they think all you need is a rhinoceros horn and you're just a big dude. And that's there. I don't know if there is a more technique riddled position on a football field than an offensive lineman. It is everyone is big and strong. What kind of technique? I mean, just leaning a centimeter to the left will get you beat. And you got to learn how to not do that. And um, he's done a great job. He's done a really great job developing into a, a player who again was injured there for a while. The 49ers had a little trouble establishing their ground game in a way that they want to, He's back in the
1: mix, and look at the afternoons that they've put up from the backfield. I asked him about the turf toe. I said, how's the turf toe coming along? Because turf toe, as you know, Damon, can be like one or two weeks, or it could be a career ending. Yeah, I have He's 10 like,
0: turf toes. I have, I have nothing but turf toe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he banks said, Hey, you know, it's, it's getting better. He's doing the treatment. He's not feeling the pain as much. Uh, it's subsided a little bit. Um, so he said he's feeling, he's feeling better as far as the turf toe. So that that's good. And, and, you know, he took a couple of weeks off because of the turf toe. And if you watch really closely, you can see his explosiveness to get, to climb out onto that second level and pick off linebackers is better now than it was early in the year. So it's amazing what a couple of weeks of rest late in the year will do to, uh, your speed. And, and, and if you've watched banks all year, you can notice it. Uh, Mike Baker says love the insight and the laughs after games with guys. Thank you man, appreciate you. Um East Bay Ricardo, I got you the biggest play of the game. <laughs> hey, <I> mean, there's <laughs> the fake Thank punt you. in the game. <laughs> Thank you East Bay. Thank you for the 15 bones three times over. Ollie uh, Ali K KU or Kaao says how about the Hawks stealing our double fake pass? Look, yeah, good, I saw that.
0: Good players, good comedians borrow, great comedians steal. Yeah. Same thing with coaching.
1: There you go. All right. Those are all the supers, 30 supers almost right there. Uh, we appreciate every single one of them. And, you know, seriously, very cool that this is another cool aspect of YouTube is that, you know, you can interact um we, people can make donations um damon and i have have had shows where we've done some great video calls which we're both big fans of um i think video calls are in some ways are better than you know I'm, damon and i are the kind of host that love to take phone calls on the radio and so now video calls are like even better than Than you know than radio calls because you get to actually go face to face with people. You get to look someone in the eye.
0: You get to see what someone looks like for the first time when you're talking to them, and it's 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 really cool. We're going to be doing a I'm calling it Sports Phone Friday, just straight up. Friday is my eleven o'clock show. We are now taking calls. I think that that's the new sort of modus operandi of the uh, eleven a.m. Pacific time show that I hope you'll all be sticking around for coming up in about. 40 minutes over on Damon Bruce Plus. We're going to get going with a show where we're not only going to be talking more about the 49ers, but Larry and I have just pretty much been over every single petal of the flower. There really isn't many stones to be left unturned, but we'll talk a little bit about Otani and the Warriors, too. So a little bit more. everything in the mix that is going on. Um, Larry, I think we need to sort of kind of go over what happened in the NFL schedule. If you're through all of the supers yesterday, yeah, yeah. a very consequential day in football with still two Monday night football games coming up tonight, this evening, we've got uh, uh, Titans dolphins. So we'll see if the dolphins don't join the 10 win club. That game starts at five 15 West coast time followed by uh Oh going off at the same time as well.
2: Packers yeah, identical
1: identical. One's on ABC, one's on ESPN. And isn't that weird they they put Packers Giants, you know, Packers are 6 and 6. The Giants are 4 and 8. But just because it's the New York market, that goes on ABC and yet Dolphins are probably the favorite out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. They're 9 and 3. They haven't lost at home all year. Um, and yet the dolphins wind up on cable.
0: Well, let's be, I mean, if we're being completely honest, forget about market size. The biggest NFL brand in that bunch is the green Bay Packers. So that's probably why they're on Monday night football. I yeah. mean, dude, Packers I, fans are,
1: yeah, sure. Oh, you're everywhere. right. They're like mold. I, uh, by <laughs> the way, my bet on this, I'm, I'm going 2 team teaser on this one. Give me the Packers tease down to, I'm going seven and a half point teaser. So. Packers plus one and a half, and I'm going to go Dolphins minus six and a half on the T's and parlay them together tonight.
0: Yeah, hey, uh, Dolphins. Yeah. Two touchdown favorite uh, hosting the Tennessee Titans. Um,
1: a, a <laughs> Mike Baker that, says super chats are better than yelling at the radio. Yes. Thank you. Uh,
0: a game that had some consequences yesterday that a lot of people, you know, aren't focusing on a lot of Niners fans probably didn't even notice the Browns. Beat the Jaguars. And the Jaguars are going in the wrong direction at the wrong time, Larry. Um, Browns get to eight and five with the win. Jaguars, they fell to uh eight and five with the loss. So that game had some consequence on it. Buccaneers Falcons.
1: Well, so before, before you leave the Jacksonville game, yeah, everybody and their brother will tell you that Trevor Lawrence is better than Brock Purdy. But is he? Trevor Lawrence threw three picks yesterday, three interceptions in that game. How about yeah, that? I know he's got the stature. I there's a one thing to be saying it's it's one thing to say well the guy's got the stature. Yeah, but you know what? Stature doesn't win games. I, eventually, you've got to win games. I mean, they're they're eight and five. They're five and one at, on the road. It's not like Jacksonville doesn't win games. And it doesn't I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is garbage. But there's a lot of people that would just absolutely be like, yeah, Lord, Trevor Lawrence definitely he's better than Brock. Is he? Is he better oh. than Brock? All things being
0: equal, Larry. And this this is going to sound like, okay, you guys are 49ers homers. It's a, it's a stupid question to even ask. Is really? it? Really? Hold on. All things being equal, knowing what you know about Brock and knowing what you'd know about the trading partner that I would I'm about to ask you about, who would you without a doubt trade Brock Purdy for as a quarterback in this league? I mean we would have started the year and if I would have said Josh Allen for Brock Purdy straight up would you do it? Everyone would have said yes. Right now I don't I don't think I'm saying yes to that. I wouldn't trade him for what's left of Aaron Rodgers. I no, I, no I would. I okay, Patrick Mahomes. All right, I'll
1: take that phone call. We can talk about that. That's who Mahomes is. There's three for sure. It's Mahomes in my opinion. Okay, this is just my opinion. If like tomorrow every team in the NFL's general manager called offering their quarterback for Brock Purdy, Mahomes I would say to yes to Mahomes, and- yes to Burrow, yes to Josh Allen. Oh, okay. And and probably yes to Lamar as a, as those four. And other than that, I know people would say, Well, what about Herbert? What about Tua? What about Lawrence? What about CJ Stroud? What about Hall of Famer Russell Wilson? A Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. What about the MVP favorite, Dak Prescott? What about Jalen Hurts? I just gave you my list. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Lamar. Those are the guys that I would trade Brock Purdy for straight up for right now. I, and I don't know if either of those four would be a better fit
0: in Kyle's offense than Brock Purdy. I mean, that's the thing. You want to talk about the hand and glove relationship, the thing that is so special is the situation that Brock finds himself in and the situation that found Brock. He is the perfect quarterback for this offense. He does what Kyle needs and he avoids. I mean, again, the most important thing about Brock Purdy isn't just the plays he's making. It's the mistakes he doesn't make. The elimination of mistakes. I thought he took a couple of sacks yesterday that was the smart play. Yeah. You know, don't put the ball in harm's way. Don't give up on a possession or try to make something that has got such little chance of popping in your direction. Sometimes you just got to eat it and live to play another down, or throw it away, throw it five players deep into the sideline. And he seems to make the right choice there as often as he makes the right pass elsewhere. So, again, and it's funny
1: as I said that that I would take Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, and Burrow. I'm looking at the chat immediately. There's like you know, um, Bobby, Myra. Everything is off schedule with Allen and Lamar. They cannot run Kyle's offense in the pocket. Um, you know, you know. Um,
0: you might be right. Here's the thing, Bobby. You might be right, and that's what makes Purdy the right chef for Kyle's kitchen. He just Yes, chef, whatever you need, head coach, I'm not here to question or, you know, you even asked him this, you know, about, hey, when it comes to game install and game plan, are you talking about the coach? And Purdy just said, no, you know, I get the playbook on Wednesday and I just have an awful lot of trust and I'm not trying to get involved in decision making processes that I'm, I shouldn't be involved in. I'm the player. They give me the playbook. I run the playbook and that's how we have success.
1: So, I mean it just it's a great situation. Yeah, no, I mean it's let's just say this, whether we can name, you know, every, and it's it's all personal preference. There are people that are questioning Joe Burrow, really? I think Joe Burrow was spectacular in the game earlier this year.
0: But I'll tell you, Larry, look at some of the success that the Bengals have had without him. I know. I mean, if that were to Even happen, Folsom's if, playing well. If that were to happen, you know, like Brock Purdy gets the Joe Burrow injury, he can't go, and Sam Darnold comes in and starts playing like this, everyone would be like, told you, it's the talent around him. Hey, Joe Burrow, and you don't say this very often about Bengals quarterbacks, but Joe Burrow's in a hell of a situation. He's got talent all around him that his backup quarterback has had quite a bit of success with already. So, you know, it, you, Robert, it were, our, our or Dale says
1: Burroughs, a system quarterback. I don't know about that. Again, every quarterback is in a system. <laughs> I don't All know them. about that. All of them. I, I We got this one too. And one more super Kevin Johnson. Is that the, is that the uh, former, is that KJ, the former mayor of Sac? Is that KJ, the former Phoenix sun? Uh, probably not. He says, it's incredible. I oh, misspelled it. You might want to send another one. Most teams produce three, four, five true stars on a team through the draft. How many of the Niners produced? Well, I mean, um, you want to Brock- play count
0: count count the great draft picks on the Niners? There's I mean, quite a few
1: out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean are we talking in ever? No, um, not what ever. We're talking about right now. Right now, yeah, right now. I mean, Debo Ayuk. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Bosa, Brock Purdy, Brock I mean, Purdy. Are we going to put Aaron Banks into this conversation? Aaron Banks, oh, the blue chipper, no doubt about it. How about Ray Greenlaw? A couple of years ago, George Kittle's at the front of this conversation. Yeah, George um, Kittle. I mean, not even in these guys that are truly great that are no longer here. I thought DJ Jones was a phenomenal six-round draft choice by the 49 Eleanor 49ers.
0: Hufanga. We're starting to see Ambry Thomas really round into shape. Diamador Lenore went from a question mark to a trusted agent all of a sudden.
1: Jair Brown looks like he's a future star.
0: Did we? Did you already say Fred Warner? No. Because, I mean, there you go, right there. That's the best. Here's the thing I don't know who is maybe the best at what they do in football, maybe more than Fred Warner is the best middle linebacker in football. I mean, that's that's what he is. You
1: know, Fred Warner is is such an interesting guy, too, because there's right. Warner ain't too bad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Armstead's been really good. Dre Greenlaw's been damn good. I mean, the people are, you you know. Here's the thing
0: Armstead didn't have. All by myself, game-changing talent about him. But in the situation he's in now, boy, is he flourishing. He really
1: is. So oh, Eric said is a very, very good player. He
0: careers at every single position on the field. It's not just the quarterback.
1: No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, the Niners got it going on. You know, the other guy who's playing really well in the system and we don't talk about, we haven't mentioned him at all, but um, Randy Gregory is a nice piece to this puzzle, Damon this guy's a speedy rusher. He's really knows how to play yesterday. really good. And I did an interview with him and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, Randy, you guys are truly rushing as one. And it's, it's like, it's not, everybody may just see a bunch of guys running at the quarterback, but it's really, um, choreographed beautifully. And he's like, he's like, man, you watch the film, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I try to watch the film. And he's like, I appreciate that. I said, I'm not, I'm not coming in here asking you guys questions. Just off the off the off the dome, man. I've got to I've got to watch the film so I know what the hell I'm talking about. And he's like, I appreciate it. He's like, that's exactly what we're doing because I mentioned to him against Philly last week that there was a play where Bosa knifed inside and it gave Hertz for like a two, a second or so a huge running lane. And then what Armstead did was he saw Bosa move inside. He moved outside. Hertz took one step towards that hole, saw Eric move into it. And then dropped, kept going back. So it's that coordinated rush that I think the night, and that's why Bosa said, man, I hope Dallas copies what we did, because if you looked at what, uh, that Philly Dallas game, Dallas, Jalen Hurts did not rumble for big time yardage. He had five runs. His longest run was 11 yards. He had 30 total yards. Jalen Hurts can go for 80 yards. J- Jalen Hurts can have game save, game changing type runs, and it just deflates a defense. Last few weeks hasn't had those. And you How know, much of that was the Niners' blueprint.
0: What's really revealing about all this is you remember earlier in the year they were going to that five five hands in the dirt sort of defensive front. Right. It looks like they've gone away from that. They're back to four back to four guys down, maybe the threat of a linebacker being there, but that normally gets peeled off unless the blitz is in rare there. Um, yeah. Randy Gregory has been a really good ad
1: and yeah. he might for have nothing. played the best game yesterday. And um, for nothing, Damon, by the way, the Niners traded like the last pick of the sixth round, for like, it was like they basically moved from the last pick of the sixth round to like the first pick of the seventh round. They gave Denver their sixth for Denver's seventh. It's going to be the equivalent of moving from like 228 to like 234 or something right. like that. You know what I mean? I mean not even. It's, it might be. They moved back like less than 10 picks. for oh, the they Gregory. got Randy Gregory and they got Denver to pay the salary.
0: The Randy Gregory trade was an absolute no-brainer, a no-risk addition for the Niners, and uh, yeah, I mean, every GM in football should make that deal if offered to them. Though so they got to, wear- the only thing I don't like about Randy Gregory is his number, number five. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't like when defensive linemen wear single-digit numbers. I don't, I don't like it in college. I don't like it anywhere. You're a big boy, put on a big number.
1: Yeah, but you know what? He did Niners fans a favor because now they can take their wasted Trey Lance jersey and just change the nameplate, and they got a useful jersey. Hey, thank you, Randy. You know, Randy, thank you for that. Those thank jerseys you. are expensive, but you, you know what? what? This whole so like we, Randy we, Gregory's we, a the was, Lance thing to bed. <laughs> there was a lot of this talk of Randy Gregory's a bad guy. Oh, I'm telling you, man, I've interviewed the guy three or four times. He's a solid. He's solid. And if you go look at his his track record what did he he get? What a marijuana thing. I mean, literally there's like 19 places between San Francisco and, and Santa Clara where you can stop by and, and, uh, you know, buy a J on the way to the game. The JJ (laughs) Raider ganja jars right here, Larry, we don't fear weed on this broadcast. I'm telling you. So, I mean, that's what made Randy Gregory a bad guy. I mean, come on. Randy Gregory is, is, is solid. He's solid. And I, I was talking to Ed Werder when Dallas came in, and I'm like, tell me about Randy Gregory. He's like, yeah, really good, good, good dude, really good dude. And now I've had a chance to talk to him at his locker a couple of times. And it's like, you know what? This guy's really smart, really solid, really like consistent, really cares. I mean, this guy goes deep. I mean, he's an, He is an intelligent football player as far as w- what he's doing, how it's coordinated up front. I mean, he's a true student of the game. I mean that was a great addition by Lynch, and and he gives them something that they didn't have, and it's hard to get in the middle of the year. And that speed off the edge, he's got great speed off the edge.
0: I still think we're going to see. Do you think we see Beal at any point in time here? Because he, it looks like he's you know he just he he doesn't get dressed for these games.
1: Right. Well, you know it's a numbers game. You know people ask me all the time, hey, what's up with Beal? What's wrong with Danny Gray? nothing's wrong with Danny Gray and nothing's wrong with Beal. It's just that there's only 53 up on the, on game day. And, um, you know, it's like, you gotta be one of the best 53, you know, Beal of uh, Gray can't get on the field. Cause you got Debo and Iuke and JJ and Ronnie bell and Ray Ray. And so, you know, there's going to have to be some injuries or some guys, you know, moved aside. And then with Beal, there's only so many D linemen you can dress on game day. Now Beal does have a special trait. He's got 4-4 four, four speed off the edge. And in this scheme, where you just hunt quarterbacks off the edge and really get upfield, I think he could really be a force. So I think there's a, there's a very good chance we'll see Beal activated for a game before the end of the regular season. Um, there's one last point that I want to wrap up
0: with before we get into our Trent Balky ralph conversation to wrap up today's show. Um, is there any is there any unfinished business that you need to get to?
1: No, no. I think we've we've covered it. I, I just wanted to say, overall, great team win for the 49ers. Um, I think we've we've shouted out virtually everybody. From, on the roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've gone through the roster. Um, I mentioned Jair Brown, Cleve Farrell. Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall, um, you know, uh, I, I will say this. I had a chance to go in the locker room after the game and talk to Dre Greenlaw. He took a pretty good friendly fire hit from Fred Warner to the hip. But uh, and and Dre's walking around with about seven different uh, little injuries that he's playing through. But um, he said he's okay, said he's fine and said, you know, he expects to be there for Arizona. So that was the last thing I was going to add there. Larry, the last
0: thing I want to add is, you know, you and I, and there's, there's websites like awful announcing that is dedicated to pointing out shortcomings and broadcasters. And there's plenty of those, you know, you and I have been critical of broadcasters in the Bay area. Let's give someone the flowers when I think they really deserve them. Uh, and I know that you were in the press box yesterday, so you don't get to hear the game on TV the way that I got it at home. Greg Olson, Greg Olson is honestly one of the best color guys I think I've ever heard. The information, his sense of humor, his ability to predict or dissect plays is really elite. He's got that I used to play in this league savvy about him, but he doesn't shove it down your throat. And he researches. He doesn't just get off an airplane and get handed a roster and do a game based on that. He yesterday broke down the, Chavarius Ward, Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore, Isaiah Oliver, playing time, love triangle or rectangle, and how that's all related. And he knew it. He knew it like you and I have discussed it. He knew it like he was been listening to. I mean, he talked about a team like he was a local journalist covering this team, knowing the ins and outs of who's earning or losing playing time. He is really good. And if he's going to be replaced by anybody, It better freaking be Tom Brady, because to me, he's just, he's state-of-the-art. And he told a story about Kyle Shanahan that I just, I loved yesterday. And it explains, Kyle Shanahan, Greg Olson said, goes about telling guys that he isn't looking to feed or freeze anybody out of an offense ever. He's just looking to attack space. And Kyle will tell a player who feels like they weren't really involved in the game plan, that no, it wasn't you not being involved. It was me attacking space that you just happened to not be occupying. And so we attack space. We're not looking to feed anyone. And then the really interesting thing is he says, he tells the guy why he might not be getting the ball and explains it so the player doesn't create his own doubt. That's why Shanahan's a player's coach because he knows that these guys in their dark rooms and their quiet thoughts will start to make up their own reasons. Why am I not getting the ball? Should I be angry? What's going on here? And Shanahan will explain to a guy why he's not being used. So they don't create their own doubt. And Olson brought that up. And I just thought it was a great comment and insight into how well-prepared Olsen is as a broadcaster and into Kyle Shanahan as the player's coach.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great anecdote. Uh, Olsen, by the way, is kind of like John Lynch. I mean, he's got a higher calling than just being a color analyst. He's probably going to be somebody's general manager someday. He's really, really sharp. He's a worker. He's really bright. He's a good guy. So, And I think his partner is equally great, Kevin Burkhart. He's very good. Burkhart's a cool guy. I've I've traded some communications with him through the years. Um, I really to me when you can make Arod and Big Poppy sound cool and interesting, you can make anybody. I mean he's Burkhart's really good. He's good on the baseball roundtables. He's good on on this. I think this I think Fox's team of Olsen, Burkhart and Aaron Andrews is the best going right now. Um, in my opinion, and it's all subjective, of course, but I like, I like all three of them. I think they do a great job. I think Burkhart's a big, big star. And I think, uh, Olson is as well as an analyst. Um, and as far as Kyle, I mean, you know, all you got to know is this offensive football is about creating space and defensive football at its core is about closing space down. And so it's just a matter of, you know, what is Kyle really good at? It's little wrinkles that creates space and you know, uh, it's all about the, it's, you know, it's almost kind of like the Al Pacino thing from any given Sunday. We fight for the inches and, you know, but Damorant it's really around us. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that, that scene in the one where LT's in the steam room and he's like, you know, man, I was, I, I forget exactly what LT's line was in the, in the steam room, but uh classic movie. Uh, but um you know, offensive football's about creating space and Shanahan creates it better than anybody. And that's why Danny Gray is still here. People are like, What's Danny Gray even doing here? Because Danny Gray's got huge speed and had potentially to Kyle can create space. And I've asked Kyle about it many times and he's like, Yeah, you know, we gotta create space. Um, so you know, that that definitely is is part of the equation. And Kyle's great at at creating space and um, you know, and and You know, I said to McCaffrey, I'm like, man, you really carried out that play fake on the on the tunnel screen. And he's like, yeah, he's like, well, you know, I carry out that fake where all I do is just put my hands in the air. The linebacker takes five steps. Instead of that being a 15 yard tunnel screen, it's Debo goes to the house because that fake on the backside on the toss creates the space um, because there's only 11 guys in the field.
0: You know, right. so now, it's about- as soon as, as soon as McCaffrey does that, he's not just holding a linebacker, but you know, safeties have eyes and that's eye candy that a safety has to be paying attention to. And right. that's Jamal Adams got turned into a piece of burnt toast, who, by the way, Jamal Adams. Most overrated player in the game. Seriously. He is not fast. He is not. He doesn't close down on the run game with the level. He's of a linebacker. Yeah, it's, it's. I'm. I'm not impressed. And he, he can hit you and start media shooting. member and his wife when he gets pointed out. Is this guy blew a coverage? Did you see all that? What's Jamal that? Adams, Jamal Adams oh, was yeah. criticized oh, yeah. by somebody and he's like, worse he, than this. And he put up a picture of the dude's wife. And honestly, and she was a, was a cute lady. Like, that's a thing. Like, you tried to burn this guy down with you got an ugly wife. The whole world looked at her and was like, this is not like you even blew it. Well, and and, and that, of course, course that's
1: besides the point, of course. Right. But of I mean, it just, it's just so. But it shows you how bad he is at it. Such <laughs> a tasteless. Yeah. Really but I mean, is. how tasteless is that? You're going to rip a guy's wife? Yeah, that's scumbag. I mean, Seriously, I mean, that's the kind of shit that should get you fucking fired. I mean, and canceled. That's just wrong, dude. That's just wrong. Uh, Dub B Trey says, and we missed this one from earlier. So the Barry had two major wins this weekend. The 49ers in Oakland zone. Devin Haney winning the WBC hundred and forty pounder uh event at the Chase Center. So how good. about there the Raiders go. going down three-nothing at home? Oh, my my daughter's boyfriend is a Raider fan. I was talking to him last night on the phone. Uh, She was talking to him. And and I said, I said, Nick, you're just lucky that the NFL doesn't have relegation. Otherwise, the Raiders would be in the XFL right now.
0: Aren't they coming off of a bye? I think I saw
2: Uh, uh,
1: football back by decades. uh, Josh Dubow said that uh,
0: it's the first time a team has been shut out three nothing in a dome like every other three, nothing score is attached to like a terrible <laughs> weather sort of situation. It was 68 and sunny in the dome and the Raiders couldn't even put up a
1: point at home. Uh, Cosmo asked one more question. Damien says any word on Zach Ertz? There has been no word on Zach Ertz. I did say to, uh, um, our, my buddy, who's a former Monta Vista coach. I'm like, Hey man, if you see Ertz, try to get him conv- try to try to get him uh, get him on board. And the only thing about Ertz is Ertz doesn't play special teams. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be a backup tight end who's not a great inline blocker. But Ross Dwelly is, does have a high ankle sprain. So there is a fit there. And I think the Niners initially probably weren't interested. Then once uh, Dwelly had the high ankle sprain, is going to miss a month or so, maybe more, uh, that maybe they are interested. Supposedly, there's five or six teams that have interest in Ertz. I would Damon, sign him just as a backup. You got the cap space. It won't hurt at all. You might as well. You're
0: deep enough into the year where yeah. you're not going to turn around and need that cap space. There probably isn't a better player available to be added this late in the year than Ertz. So I think they, they should if they can.
1: Yeah. I mean, the question in Vince Vargas is maybe Ertz is not fully healthy. That's part of it. And then maybe, who knows, maybe he wants more money. I would be interested in Ertz from the Niner perspective at this point. You're playing, you know, right now you're playing, you know, three-dimensional chess. You're no longer playing checkers. So you might, the Ravens lost Mark Andrews. Do right. I want Zach Ertz? Well, I don't want him in Baltimore. You know, the, the, Kansas, the City. Kansas City's got terrible weapons. I don't, I may not want him, but I don't want him in Kansas City. I don't want him in Dallas. I don't want him in Philly. I don't, don't want, want a, him in Miami. I don't want him in Miami. I don't want him anywhere else. And he is a Bay Area kid. He went to Monta Vista. He's a Danville kid. His wife, Julie, I think is a Bay Area person as well. They both went to Stanford possibly. Uh, I know obviously Zach did. Um, I'd be all about uh, getting Ertz, even if it's just for the block.
0: Well, sometimes you got to make a move. That's a couple of moves down the table. You're looking at this Larry and you see maybe just Turkey and stuffings, but I see the green beans. I see, I see the other things on the table that are options. Ralph, would you go ahead signing uh, Zach Ertz? Do you like guys from Stanford? (laughs)
2: you're always talking acls and you like injured guys and you know i I don't like injured guys i i like people who are healthy i'm healthy tate's healthy tommy's healthy we're all healthy here i don't like injured people i've done it over and over again i've told you time and time again sometimes i get out of the miata and i make sure i get out slowly so i don't get injured And you know, I I do. I appreciate a good education. Personally, I'm Wharton School educated, and I'm. We... <laughs> You know, it's good that it's in Danville, Damon, because that means you can go to the Amici's. It's in Danville. It's in downtown Danville. I like it a little burnt. And, you know, get the get the, the, the lemon pepper wings. They're special. They're really special. I've told people, I've told him many, many times, that I think those lemon pepper wings are special. Now, you can get them spicy, and you don't want to go atomic. I don't go atomic. I told him, I want to go Peter. I won't go atomic. Please don't make me go atomic, Peter. But I like them a little spicy, but not extra spicy. No, no. No, no. All
0: I can tell you, Larry, is that uh, you're Ralph. It's fantastic. It really, really is. Uh, thank sure, you're going to
2: go Toontown. Oh you wait, know, I went. Me and Tate went to Toontown. What you do is you get in the park, you get the Hopper Pass, you go to the back of the park, you work from the back to the front. If you work from the front to the back, it won't be as fun. You're not going to have as good. As, yeah, you want to have fun, right? Don't you and definitely go to Toontown. Definitely go see the Disney princesses. One of them I met the other day. She was to fullerton. I'm probably a little too old for her, but she. I think she took a liking to me. She's a can be our listener. You know she told me that she likes my show and she thinks I'm quite handsome
0: 49ers wake up we'll be back on the air at 8 35 on Friday as we get you ready for another weekend of football thank you for being here hit like and subscribe on the way out I've got a show starting in 13 minutes uh it's the Damon Bruce show uh on the blues Larry what do you got coming up later today this week
1: I'm gonna take oh later this week. Oh uh, man, I don't know later this week. I got a bunch of stuff. Tune into the Krug Show. We're gaining subs by the minute. Uh, I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna take hours. a nap. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the gym. I got I got a two hour uh, meeting on the treadmill. I'm gonna push some weights around. I'm gonna think maybe maybe uh, Kyle talks at three thirty today. I'll be there for that. Uh, I think Grant and I may stream at four. I'll be watching Monday Night Football at 5:15. We got a lot of stuff coming from Santa Clara, and in Trent balky's voice, you know, John, you ought to go get Zach Hurts. Go get him. Because he, you know, the guys, you know, the guys got two good ACLs. And I've always said, you know, when I was on with Damon, he would ask the tough question, and it bothered me then, but I can appreciate it now. <laughs>